Hello, everyone out there in Geek Vibes Nation. This is your pal, Dane Alves, with another enticing episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a weekly show that me and my good friend and co-host, Christopher Ray Patton, break down wrestling news, uh, stories, and pay-per-views, uh, and just give some banter and some reasoning and, you know, talk about stuff for your enjoyment. So if you're a new listener, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we usually put this show out. Uh, we record it on Thursdays and Saturdays and usually try to have it the next day or two afterwards. So you can find us on anything. Um, obviously, you found us on some type of, you know, uh, audio uh, search download tool, if you will. But we are on iTunes. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, um, SoundCloud, pretty much anyone like that, anything. Just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance. And, uh, yeah, before I get started on the show, I want to introduce, of course, my co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton. How you doing, sir? Doing wonderful, man. I, I got up early, had some breakfast and uh, energy drink and played some guitar, and now I'm having a 11, what, 12 o'clock cold beer? What was it your grandma called it? <laughs> noon, noon beer. Noon beer. Noon, noon beer. So I, I have a noon beer in front of me. Um, and looking forward Is it to a Bex? Uh, no, it is a bush. Hey, that's that's close to it. I don't know why my grandmother is that much of a hard ass. I don't, I don't know if she just just never tried Bud Light and she only had Beck's or something, but that was her beer, of, <laughs> or it still is. It's her, still is her beer of choice, and I think it's a rough beer, and I like tasty beers, if you will. Yes, uh, I I kind of like all beers. It's uh, it, it can be a bit of a problem sometimes, as we all know. <laughs> Hey, I feel you, man. I'm the same way with different flavored Kool-Aids, you know? Just all of them are great. <laughs> Sugar. Um, I had I'm a just kidding. I love, to, I love Kool-Aid I a, and beer. <laughs> I had a friend that used to drink Jameson and Kool-Aid, specifically grape oh. Kool-Aid mixed with Jameson. Um, yeah, those are some weird, weird times. God, you must have been younger. That sounds uh, terribly delicious. Almost, you know. <laughs> and anyone that wasn't in on the initial concept, new listeners, of course. Uh, my grandmother likes to start the day at 7 o'clock. She is now in her late 80s. And she uh, continues to do this routine where she gets up, makes honey nut Cheerios, cleans up and stuff like that. And then by noon, that is her signal to go grab her first Bex beer. She's a wonderful little Polish and Italian woman, and I love her so much. Olga! That's her name. Olga. Doesn't that sound like so, like, Eastern European or something? Like, come here, Olga! Yeah? I think it does. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> before we went on that tangent, oh, God. This is going to be a fun show. I actually have not had any coffee this morning. I'm going to see if I can sneak up and either attempt making some or uh, trying to see if my roommates did, but I kind of slept in. A bit today and i was doing some other stuff around my room and just realized there's no caffeine in my system so this could go off the rails very quickly so i apologize about that um but in all all seriousness today we are going to be reviewing smackdown from last night and we're going to be talking about wrestlemania yes it's here wrestlemania 36 i believe 
the the thing that was so nice they had to play it twice or whatever the fuck the tagline is they're using for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so big it needs two days. I think that's what they were going for. Sponsored Are by you ready for it. Yeah. Sponsored by Magnum. <laughs> you know, I thought it was Snickers, but it might as well be Magnum at this point. Um, uh, Chef Boyardee. Uh, God. What was the other one? Snacker 2. Um, and Snickers. <laughs> Snickers has been, Snickers has been the, the longest running sponsor for professional wrestling. It outlived Slim Jim, I believe, at this point. What was the protein stuff they used to have on the old Rawls? Was it like Proco or... You'd always see this shit in the, the giant banners in the back when they were at the old, uh, the top part of Madison Square Garden or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, um, man, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> wasn't that wasn't that uh, wasn't that Vince McMahon's own supplement or some shit like that, if I'm not I, mistaken? Yeah, I mean, I think that was his supplement. And that's when he was also trying to start the uh, competitive bodybuilding league or whatever the hell it was like. Oh my god. Kind of WWE, but with like promos and then like a fitness competition. People, I guess, just flexing like a, you know, a Mr. Universe or whatever. Now, it was popular in the 80s, so maybe he, tried, he thought that he could try to apply it in the 90s early uh, on. Um, I remember the, the, I don't have any memories of that, Chris, but the episode of Edge and Christian show uh, where they parried or uh, parried. Wow, I can't say words. Where they made fun of that fucking thing was hilarious. Parodied? Paradigm. Paradigm. Uh, <laughs> Where they did a parody of? <laughs> Maybe? There you go. God. What is going on? It's still early for you, bud. <laughs> I know, but you know, before, before the whole shut off from work thing and uh, chilling at the house, uh, and luckily, you know, because everything's going on, my business or my uh, the, the business I work for is staying afloat. We're all, you know, getting paid. So we're just stay the fuck home. That's the whole concept of what's going on. Stay home. But, you know, I, my sleeping schedule has gone back to something that hasn't been like this since my mid 20s and which I'm actually staying up until 12 <laughs> or 1 and sleeping in. Um, so I shouldn't say that I was up at 1030 in the morning, 10 o'clock. But, you know, no coffee. <laughs> No coffee, no show. Can't do it. Chris, you go. just go for it. You're good. Okay. Uh, welcome to the Skates to Threads podcast. Ah <laughs> oh, man. No, wrong show. God. Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, now, now that you mention it, you know, and we're going on this wonderful uh, tangent before we get into everything, uh, why don't you mention that other show? Uh, yeah, well, we got the hockey podcast. We posted an episode. It's kind of a shorter one. I was sick. Um, but... We're doing a Skates to Threads podcast tomorrow. It should be up by Sunday night, Monday, uh, generally, is when that thing posts up. And uh, we're going to do some crazy stuff. We're going to talk about top ten worst – or top five – each of our top five worst sports films and our top five favorite sports films. And then just kind of go over some news around the league. Uh, There there was some crazy stuff kind of happening because teams are doing streams um, of different players and such. And uh, maybe some some, uh, racism got spouted. Someone basically hacked a stream and uh, became an asshole. So we get to talk about that. But uh, yeah, hockey is kind of uh, unlike wrestling. There is literally nothing going on, but we're going to try to make the best of it. Get that out there. I think I've told you this. Uh, my dad, um, 
what the hell? Whenever we play like a type of game, um, and he has to say a number. Whenever he says number four, he says number four, Bobby Orr. So I don't know. Is is that a is that a? <laughs> well, your, that your family Seth being Cal? from yeah, I mean your family being from Boston, Bobby Orr is considered like an all-time great, probably one of the best defensemen of all time, and he's a, a legend hero there. Uh, there's a statue of him in Boston doing uh, outside of the TDI arena, doing a very spectacular dive goal that he did uh, to help win the Bruins Stanley cup. So he is a big figure. That would be a name uh, your dad would, would know with you guys being up from that area. Is this statue right next to, um, you know, Tom Brady and John Cena's I'm assuming. Do they, are they in the same garden? <laughs> I know the TDI Garden is the name of the hockey arena. <laughs> I have no idea. Have they erected the oh. Tom Brady statue yet, or do they have to wait till he, till he, <laughs> do they have to wait till he retires? <laughs> um, I don't know. Apparently he's going to Tampa, so I guess you would have to probably wait until he retires. And John Cena is still kicking <laughs> it too with wrestling, obviously, because we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, good shit. This is definitely going to be more of a – now that I've – I'll reveal something. I know that we sound better. Um, we started uh, taking off of blog talks. So we don't get to, you know, do the show live per se. It's pre-recorded. But with Skype, not only do we sound better, but it's kind of turning the show into what I wanted, you know, my shows to be. And that's more, you know, kind of talk radio-esque or at least kind of more relaxed where we can kind of have fun with it. And I don't, I, I can't speak for Chris, but I think that the shows have been more fun since we started doing them on Skype and we're not, you know, we don't have to worry about scheduling everything perfectly within two hours. We don't have to, you know, cater towards any of that type of concept. We can kind of like stretch our legs a bit. And um, I'm starting to realize that we're probably stretching them right to the, uh, the, the tippity tip, if you will, for today. So we'll get into everything, but just to let you guys know, that's just, you know, that, that's, that's how the show's going to be. And, uh, yeah, what do you have to say about Chris? <laughs> no, no, man, I agree with you. I think it's uh, been fun, and hopefully everyone out there is enjoying a little bit of banter before we dive straight into uh, show reviews. And I'm assuming that people have liked the uh, some of the dark side of the ring recaps we've done. Um, yeah, we, We've been doing some fun stuff, trying some different things. Let us know, as always, via social media or whatever, what you guys like, what you don't like, and uh, we'll take it in consideration. So to speak. Exactly. We'll take it into consideration. And for your consideration, let's talk about SmackDown. That was last night, the last thing I watched before I went to bed and then woke up to do the show. Uh, <laughs> that's actually happened. Uh, I was tired last night. All right. I can't stay up until midnight and one o'clock playing video games all the time. I'm not 16 anymore, damn it. Uh, all right. So the show opened up. Uh, with the Usos, and they were obviously going to be interrupted by the New Day. The two teams argued until Miz and Morrison showed up, posed on the ladders on the stage, and said neither tag team deserves title shot. The Usos and the New Day attacked the champs, but quickly uh, turned on each other, allowing Miz and Morrison to uh, regain the advantage and pose on the ladders again. So, set up for a ladder match. This is a confusing one because obviously Miz is not going to be at uh, at WrestleMania due to, you know, sickness. And they're still building this as a two-on-two-on-two. Two on two. We know that's not the case. There's another situation we'll talk about it later with Aleister Black and Bobby Lashley, unless my reports were completely wrong, which I don't think they were. 
I thought Lashley was last second also taken off the thing. So um, I'm assuming what they're going to do, and it's been the assumption of many, that it's going to be probably the three high flyers out of them. So John Morrison, Kofi. <laughs> well, to say who the high flyer is between Jimmy and Jay, they can just, you know, um, throw a, uh, a coin. Um, that, that way you can have a spot where Biggie kind of might be able to get involved or Jimmy or, you know, because it's a ladder match or something like that to do some type of spots. But, hey, it would be nice to possibly within this we'll, – and we'll go over our individual um, predictions, but I'm still going to say this now. It would be nice to see at least Kofi get a championship win um, in this situation a year after he won the uh, the title. Uh, but, you know, they were setting this up. Obviously, that's the thing, Chris. This was already pre-recorded. They didn't get a chance to go and really edit anything to change it up. We don't know the direction of the match. We just know, in actuality, the Miz is not going to be there. So what do you think is going to happen? I mean, I guess it's a, a singles, three-way uh, ladder match for the tag titles. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but they got to do what they got to do, I guess, at that point. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. The only other thing I could think of is they pull someone from the past to team with Morrison if they want to go the tag route. They could do something like that. Maybe they pull up, uh, pull, pulled Ricochet or, uh, well, I don't know what Ricochet's got going for Mania without looking at the card again. But uh, I, I don't know. No, they could pull someone. I'll tell you right now, just nothing. Huh. Okay, so maybe they did something like that where he had to find a partner or whatever. Um, but I. I as we talked about in the past, I think this is just going to be a, be a end up being like a three three way singles match, and then whoever wins will get a definitive tag belt shot at the next pay per view. That would be my guess. And uh, yeah, I like the Usos promo here. Um, it would be cool to see Kofi win. I'm kind of on the same page as you with that. Big fan of Kofi. Yeah, I like that idea with Ricochet kind of getting forced to tag with uh, John Morrison as a substitute. You know, that that would be uh, that would be interesting. It just the thing that sucks, it, that kind of works for. Well, it kind of would make things weird for the New Day since they have Xavier, but he's injured. But, you know, they can get around it. The fact that the Miz and the Morrison are the champions, it's like you can't, it's it's harder, I would say, Chris, to remove someone and add someone in since there are it's they're re, You know, they're re, they're reflecting a tag team that they don't actually have possession of with the title. Yeah, I mean, unless they're going to add someone to that group. I, I think the three-way is probably the way they're going to go, um, like like we've said in the past and like you said just a, a bit ago. Um, but, you know, we haven't heard anything leak. Maybe they've already filmed the match. I mean, we know that he's not going to be there for any of the live stuff, I guess, that they're going to try to do with Mania. But I don't know. Is it possible they filmed the match already? That's the other thing that we it's kind of up in the air. But outside of that, I, I would assume that they're going to do a three-way match. If they end up giving a sub to Morrison, you know, Big E being Kofi's partner is not that big of a deal. And WWE is, does like to have one big guy as like a catch guy in most of their yep. ladder matches. So I could see them going either way, with it, to be honest. And I could see them also just putting Big E in there as like the only big man instead of Kofi, even if they go the three-way match, just because like I said, WWE does like to have, uh, if you've ever noticed, they try to throw, like even back in the day, they would throw like a Kane or a Baron Corbin into the money in the bank, like a, a Sheamus. 
someone there that they can basically just be there to catch people falling off these ladders. That is a good point. Now that you mention it, I will say something, and this is something, you know, like I said with Aleister Black, unless I got incorrect information when everything was leaked and reported uh, of who was going to be standing out from WrestleMania and they still hadn't made changes, one of the vo- one of the names on there was Bobby Lashley. So I could be wrong about that. There was, I mean, this is minor news, Chris. There was a tweet that Dominic Dijakovic said that said two days, and that was on Thursday. Um, people were wondering why he said that. Now, obviously, he could just be promoting WrestleMania. But you're mentioning a bigger guy, maybe someone thrown into the mix with the three of them just for this, blah, blah, blah. I'll say that a ladder match with a big guy that can do fucking crazy-ass shit teaming up with John Morrison, that could be interesting. Also reflecting that if Bobby Lashley doesn't take place and they have some angle where Bobby got attacked in the back and Dominic Dijakovic goes against Aleister Black, He's a good person, I think, if you just want to throw him into a match, kind of like what they're doing with Austin Theory, to just be a good performer, give him a little bit of exposure, and see what happens. But, I mean, this is all, like I said, this is all uh, hearsay. Well, not hearsay, but this is all innuendo and rumors, you know? But just thought I'd uh, mention that. Yeah, I mean, that if that's the case, seeing him thrown in to one of those matches, probably not a bad idea. Um, especially cause I don't think they're doing the best job of utilizing him on NXT. Like we've talked about, we've seen a lot of the same matches between the big guys on NXT. So if, if it's his time to come up to the main roster, probably not a bad idea. Do we get mania? Give him some big moments. Uh, yeah, that could be, a, that could actually be a, a good workaround or maybe a bad situation. But like like you said, this is definitely all speculation on our part, just based off tweets and what we've seen floating around the web. Absolutely. Dominic, someone I also think, not only getting away from Keith Lee, he's, he needs to embrace, I don't know, kind of like a cooler demeanor. It seems like big guys, a lot of times, it's either you're a monster or you're someone that's kind of like more chill and stuff like that. Like you're a badass, like, you know, people don't bother you as much. Razor Ramon, Kevin Nash, for instance, even DDP to an extent, you know, kind of, he just seems like a fucking robot right now. And he's like, Keith Lee's like play toy basically. So yeah, I would, if they kind of threw him in the mix with, with the Miz and Morrison, I think that it could actually gel. But like I said, this is all, you know, rumors that's going on. Like Chris said, like I said, so don't get mad at us. If none, none of this happens. Okay. It's not our fault. All right. So then we had a match. Um, basically, it was Tamina going against Lacey Evans and Naomi. Sasha Banks and Bailey were on commentary, and Michael Cole wore Lacey Evans' hat throughout it. That was interesting. Um, at one point, Bailey interfered with the match, attacking Naomi and setting up Tamina to hit a super kick for the win. After the match, both Bailey and Banks tried to befriend Tamina, but were kicked and some bone dropped, respectively. So, no offense to Tamina, but I believe that the reason why she's in this is because Nia Jax is still injured. Um, but, you know, also in the same type of sense, with a big five-way match like this, kind of similar to a ladder match, it's usually good to have, like, the more dominating, bigger opponents thrown in there with a lot of the smaller girls and shit like that, and then someone like Lacey size kind of to change it up and make it different. Um, but, yeah, I, I like I like Bailey and Banks getting... Um, 
reprimanded by Michael Cole, but I still don't have a lot of care in this. And there is a big part of me that thinks, even though you might not want it, Chris, and many might not want it, that Sasha's going to do something dirty, get the pin over Bailey, and then win the championship, and then cause them to have a fallout uh, from here. But that's, I mean, it could be Lacey Evans' night. I don't know, but it just seems like that's kind of on the nose a bit. How do you feel about this match and the setup for the WrestleMania match itself? It was a decent match, um, all things considering. I like that they're trying to make Michael Cole personable during this weird time. They're having like no crowd and stuff, so they've they've done a decent job with that, uh, especially because Michael Cole has been more of a straight announcer for a while. Um, yeah, just overall, it's been a little bit weird with the whole buildup to this match and, and obviously Tamina being in there, I, she needed a win going in just to be viable at all. So making her look dominant before Mania's filmed is a good thing. I still don't think that she, you know, has any chance of winning. You're probably right on Sasha, either Sasha or Bailey winning in one of those ways. It just depends on how they want to do that feud. I still think that no one really wants to see that feud again, um, especially so soon. I was actually kind of shocked when they put them back together and it wasn't a tag team when uh, when Sasha first came back. So I guess we'll see where we go from here. But uh, yeah, I'm still this match, I think, is probably going to be really bad. Um, And if it was me, I'd either put Naomi or Lacey over in the match and then build, you know, the breakup between Sasha and Bailey mixed in with these other people as opposed to going straight to it just because I don't. I don't think the fans care as much about Sasha and Bailey at the moment. I have to agree with you. I do. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll find out what their plan is. I think that safer choices, like you said, put on Lacey Evans, put on Naomi. Um, but I, I, I don't know where they're going. Um, so next they, they, you know, they, they uh, played an older match, but this one was uh, one I don't mind reflecting on with Chris because it's such an excellent match, and that is Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 24. Um, man, I can't believe that's like, what, 12 years ago? Um, but Rick, Rick's, what well, was supposed to be Rick's retirement match, obviously he would go on to have some matches, uh, one that he is happy about involving Jay Lethal, uh, match with Mick Foley, certain other people, and then certain ones that he probably at his age probably shouldn't have been like giant cage match battle royals on TNA Impact where he gets his pants pulled down and shit. Um, you know, he definitely was re- wrestling out of his prime. He always says that he loved the. I, I've seen him in an interview saying that he loved the the uh, the the stuff that he did with Jay Lethal, but if he could have gone back and made sure that he had his last match being the one with Sean. He would have kept it at that. And really, when it comes to WWE, they just erase everything else so you don't have to fucking know about it. So that is the last time McFlair is in the ring. <laughs> as far as Vince cares about. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's a, it's an incredible match. If, if, you di- if you didn't see it beforehand and didn't watch it, you really missed out. It's such a beautifully done match, and it's one where uh, my roommate actually walked in on it, and I was explaining to him, like, he was like, he... he when Sean says, um, I'm sorry, I love you, and then he repeats it, I was like, that's actually him saying that in real life because this is Rick's last match. And I've heard rumors that 
I don't know if Sean said it that Rick kept on trying to add more to the ending, but Sean had to be like, dude, we're going to we're going to the finish. We have to. And just a beautiful match. A uh, great way for Rick Flair to go out. You know, Sean made him look like a million bucks, but he also, if you look at it, just wasn't backing down for anything. Those chops back and forth. I mean, Sean is very much a reflection off of Rick, you know, uh, uh, along with several other wrestlers. Ric Flair was uh, someone he modeled himself off of, but obviously that was one of the biggest influences on him. So it was, you know, the old with the new. And I think that's a lot uh, that that's kind of similar in concept of why a lot of fans, I think, kind of wanted AJ and Sean to have that styled moment, um, especially after Sean already came out of retirement and kind of screwed up his perfect retirement. But, you know, needless to say, excellent match. Uh, two amazing warriors, you know, just giving out a great performance. Sean pretty much leading most of the time from what Rick said and just, you know, brought Rick at his age to one of the matches he can be as proud of as some of the ones when he was younger, I would say just a great way to go out. Um, how, how did you like this match, Chris? Uh, it's a wonderful match. It was good to see it on for free on TV. I'm sure a lot of people tuned in just to rewatch it. Uh, maybe some people that had canceled the network, et cetera, uh, just because it is such a great moment in WWE. I mean, it's, it's, to me, one of my favorite WrestleMania moments. I'm not going to say it's one of the best WrestleMania matches, um, but it was really, really good considering where Ric Flair was at in his career and what him and Sean were able to accomplish and the, the overall storytelling of the match itself. As you alluded to, uh, basically Sean finally putting the old dog down, putting old yeller down, kind of. Um, and, you know, if you look at the TNA stuff, Flair had some decent stuff there. It's just this was definitely the one he probably should have wrote out on just because it's the big WrestleMania moment. It's with Mr. WrestleMania himself, Shawn Michaels. Uh, just a wonderful match if you haven't seen it and you miss SmackDown. But you have the WWE Network. Definitely go check it out. It's it's one of those ones that probably is in the top 10 WrestleMania matches of all time just because of the story it told and the legacy that is Ric Flair. Uh, and his robe and everything, the prestige, just, I don't know. I, it, that was a beautiful, beautiful match. Really enjoyed it. And uh, two years later, Sean would be retired too. You know, that's the crazy part. Yeah. And it's so great. Like Ric Flair is so great in it because he's pretty much just selling the entire time. It kind of reminds me of like Ricky Morton, <laughs> to be honest, the yeah. amount of selling that Ric Flair does in that match. He is just constantly the man that's in distress. And I would even say if you can, if there's some sort of YouTube highlight building up to that, because the, the stipulation was Ric Flair had to win any match he lost, he was going to be retired. And they did this for, I want to say like three or four months building to the Sean match at mania. So he was having matches with pretty much everyone um, and winning, but winning very Eddie Guerrero, Ric Flair style, which is cheating to win, finding a way to get it done, even though he, sh in theory, he shouldn't be there anymore. Oh yeah. Proving that he was the dirtiest player in the game. So even the buildup to that mania, that particular match leading to that ending to me plays into how good that match was. And I think a lot of people forget about all the good shit uh, Rick did, regardless of who he was wrestling uh, leading up to that WrestleMania moment. It kind of gets washed over sometimes. And I think one of my, 
I'm not going to say favorite matches because I, I can't remember the gist of the match, but I really actually enjoyed his match with Undertaker when Undertaker was American Badass because same thing. I mean, and Undertaker was the heel in that, but still Rick was being dirty and even had Arn come out and fucking give Taker the spine buster to try to give him that win. And inevitably it didn't work out for him, but you know, it, he was convincing very much even in his, in the later part of his career when he was part of evolution, he was still jacked, you know, he was much older, very out of his prime, but um, it, it became something that needed to be celebrated. One thing I always kind of wish that was as celebrated, Chris, the following year, uh, Ric Flair is in the corner. Uh, you know, he's feuding with Chris Jericho, but you know, he's, he's, he's retired. He won't get in the ring, but then puts a proposition and challenge where Jimmy Snuka, Roddy Piper and Ricky Steamboat go against him. Now, honestly, Snuka had no fucking business being involved in it. And that has nothing to do with anything involved in his personal life. It's just, he was too old at that point. And Piper, you know, was fun. He was frantic like normal, but he served his purpose because both guys were eliminated pretty much back to back by Jericho. And then we got to see Steamboat and Jericho have a fucking awesome match showing that Steamboat still had it. And his last WWE match would have been the next uh, SummerSlam, I believe, with Jericho, where he he was done after that. He had a couple things that he did with his son in the indie circuit and, and whatnot, but that was it for Steamboat. I wish that he kind of – that's considered the last Steamboat match. And there's a lot of parallels between the two gentlemen with Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair and then Ricky Steamboat and Chris Jericho. I, I love that SummerSlam match too, and it's kind of funny because it's not – considered Steamboat's last match, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a great match also. Um, another one that's a great match, speaking of Mr. Chris Jericho, and kind of gets looked over as one of Sean's great matches, is Jericho versus Sean at Mania uh, during Mr. Rain at WrestleMania's legacy. That was a fucking phenomenal match. Uh, and I think that's kind of Jericho saw the height of that and what him and, and Kevin Owens could do and what they were actually given to work with it. That's as we've heard in the past, that's one of the reasons that he <laughs> chose to leave WWE altogether. Dip the fuck out. Yeah, definitely. Um, or I was watching the other day just because there's so many packages, not all of them that I agree with, but it's nice enough for WWE to try to put a bunch of matches in one, you know, two to five hour package uh, for us to flip through. But that was the – I watched both uh, Jericho and Sean, but the early one where Jericho – this is probably about, I think, 2005 when Sean first came back, and they have an excellent fucking match in the ring. And then at the end of it, Chris Jericho's crying because he's, you know, because he's all emotional apparently because it's his idol, which is probably real within it. But he also just lost to him, so they embrace, and then he kicks him in the dick because Chris Jericho is fuck Chris Jericho. <laughs> Release the hounds, motherfuckers. <laughs> Release the hounds. That shit was so stupid. I loved it. All right, let's keep on going. We could talk about that match forever. All right, so Braun Strowman was officially announced as Roman Reigns' replacement for the Universal Championship match against Goldberg at WrestleMania via graphic at the end of the card recap. Uh, basically, in passing, no reason was given, and Reigns was never mentioned. And I kind of had a problem with this because, uh, you know, Triple H said – you know, there's going to be a clarification. We're going to 
we're gonna did we we got we got what we had to to give reason and then they didn't give us any reason so unless they try to like force something in at wrestlemania bronze just now going against goldberg hey it's whatever they're they're working what they have to work with i've like i've said a million times i have no problem with roman reigns um realizing the situation that he was in kind of wished that wwe would have realized that to begin with but given the circumstance it's it is what it is and um there's a good chance that Goldberg's going to have that belt because there's a good chance that they're going to probably stop for for a minute uh, after they're done with the recordings that they have set. So, you know, they can't do anything in Florida unless they go up to Connecticut and try to go into that giant warehouse with uh, <laughs> with wrestling rings and Titan Tower. I forgot what the hell it was called. It has all like the memorabilia and shit from past uh, WrestleManias and whatnots and different sets. That would probably be their only place that they could do it. You know, it's kind of like how AEW has filmed a good set of, of AEWs going forward, and they did it in Georgia before their before our, I should say, you know, uh, we were cut off to basically, you know, limited, and th- everyone's chasing to try to get away from it, but it's like, you know, the coronavirus is here, you, you got to adhere to what's going on, and um, realistically, I'm I'm happy. I'm hoping that the the performers themselves didn't work themselves to to death, and I probably know that that is true. Uh, but now that we're past it, we have some entertainment in the works or in the bag, I should say, and that is good. It's just weird with a situation like this, kind of going back to it, that Braun Strowman will be replaced by Goldberg. If they put it on Goldberg, it doesn't really mean that much because, like I said, they might have a pause coming up soon. Uh, but get the fucking belt to Braun Strowman. I mean, like I said, I keep on going over stuff on uh, unintentionally, like it's we're going over our predictions. But, I mean, I'd like to see Braun beat Goldberg and kind of get a little more prestige. I mean, yeah, he was forcing this. Yeah, he's this generation's big big show, but give him the fucking title. I know he, won, he lost the IC belt several months ago. He got fucked over out of it. He went against three different guys. Who gives a shit? Just give it to him. Get Goldberg to go back to wherever the hell he's from and have a great, you know, uh, July, whatever. Anyways, Chris, how do you feel about this? And the fact that they didn't really give any reasoning, even though we know what the reasoning is uh, for Roman Reigns not being a part of it. I wonder if part of the reasoning is the worry that if they explain that to kids, that maybe they'll be trying to figure out the best way to word this maybe there'll be a a pro like they were worried that people would be worried that roman reigns has relapsed or has the coronavirus with his health problems there should have been some way to address it though i i agree with you 100 percent. i'm wondering if they kind of steered away from it because of that circumstance where he is you know one of the kids favorite wrestlers so maybe they just kind of skirted around it it is weird to think Braun versus Goldberg is a highlight match at this point in Braun's career after what they've done with him. I think you keep the belt on Goldberg and you down the line, you do the Roman versus Goldberg match. I just, I don't see them putting the belt on Braun. And even if they do, the only person I could think of that he could feud with that might make sense would be Ray Wyatt. And I don't know if they want to go there right yet. Because him versus Roman, to me, is just too fresh. They did that for forever. Um, and it's kind of a waste of a big Goldberg match if they go that route. So I'm assuming Goldberg is just going to squash this guy. 
honestly. I mean, they may do, they may try to go the Paul Heyman route, like what they did with Brock Lesnar, and do like a little quick seven minute match with a lot of outside stuff, and then a very quick finish. Um, and they do like to make Braun run around and hit ring posts. So that could be the way that they do it as Braun starts out destroying Goldberg. He runs around, he hits every ring post, and then Goldberg hits him with a spear and jackhammer in the middle of the ring. It's always that one ring post that gets me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I get, you know, Flair does, the, Flair would do similar shit. Like, go off, he would always try to go off the top rope and never hit the move, except for in that one Sean match. Funny enough, he actually did finally. Do a top body. rope. Yeah, he finally did do a top rope spot, which I thought was kind of a great moment. Um, going back to that, but I, I just assume that Goldberg's going to kill the guy. Honestly, um, sucks for Braun, but he's just not. He lost a lot of that luster. They should have put the title on him way earlier. And then they had him dick do dick all and and win a tag belt with a child. And then he's oh. just been kind of there. And, uh, he, you know, he got injured for a little bit, then came back and uh, lost kind of the promos. And now he's just a catchphrase of get these hands. And then he got beat by Sammy Zane and Sammy Zane's crew, essentially, uh, which did not make him look like a very smart baby face to begin with by accepting a three way handicap match for his title. I don't think intelligence but, has ever been his thing. Um, <laughs> uh I mean, he was smart enough to trap Roman Reigns in an ambulance and then flip the ambulance over. Good point. Win the uh, tag yeah. titles with a child. <laughs> I'm sure you're you're like me, though. If, if he does pick it up, you're not going to be like, damn it! Why did Braun Strowman get that fucking belt? I mean, I think it would be a good moment for Braun, but it does nothing for the rest of the people on that SmackDown roster. <laughs> you can't... I, I don't think I'm you can... I'm trying to think of... Who could go against him realistically? Um, to, to me, it's only Bray. Because I mean, let's see, unless you're on. gonna split Sheamus. I mean, there is. They do like Sheamus uh, for sure, and he is back. Um, I mean, Daniel Bryan, maybe. Yeah, that's an interesting concept. I, I'm kind of scared about putting him in the ring with Braun. Although Braun's pretty safe, I shouldn't say that. You know. Um. Yeah, you you more have to worry about what Daniel Bryan would want to do in that situation than Braun. Braun's just gonna fucking go in there. Wait, and do... what? You, didn't you just come back from a retirement and stuff? What is wrong with? <laughs> Braun's just gonna go in there and do his normal ten minute match unless Daniel Bryan's like, no, I'm gonna need could, you to drop me on my head on the apron. <laughs> could they hop shot it and have a reasonable concept for Kofi to take the title off of him for a reasonable uh, opponent? I mean, I guess, but don't you have to turn Braun heel? That's the other thing is Braun yeah. is a babyface right now. And That's he's a, a babyface going against Goldberg, who's also a babyface. I don't so know. So to me, you know, the opponent would be, you know, Bray beats Cena, and then you do Bray versus Braun. God, but I want to keep Bray as far away from the title scene as we can forever. Yeah, and please don't that ever is- bring that belt back. It's The Fiend belt is terrible. Uh, I agree with you. Um, and just getting back to, because I thought about it, um, I, I'm assuming Steamboat told Flair before that match, all right, when you do the fucking crossbody, make sure they're on, you know, they're kind of unconscious on the floor, not getting up, and that's when you get up on the top rope to fucking do the crossbody. Um, 
because that's what it seemed like Rick always did was <laughs> I'm going to jump up there real quick. I'm going to go over on the other side, run up the apron, go up there. And then I get caught. My balls get caught. Uh, but this goes they, back oh, to our conversation about this goes back to our conversation about every wrestler having five moves of doom. Oh, yeah. Even if oh, people yeah. don't want to even if people don't want to accept it. <laughs> Dude, even even st- going back to Ricky, man. I mean, what what did he have? I'm trying to think. Um, wow, why can't I think? He had not a hip toss, but um, arm drag. He had a couple arm drags. He would have that maneuver where they would run off the ropes, and then he would like give them the back fist while he was doing that that martial arts position, and then he would do a crossbody to the outside, crossbody to the inside. I don't think. Oh, and then the um, that submission that he had where yeah. he was. He had him to his back, and he would, like, chicken wing them, but put him up in the air. Um, God damn it, I love Steamboat. Why didn't we ever get Shawn Michaels and Ricky Steamboat in a fucking match? How did that never happen? They were both part of the companies on multiple times. Like, when Shawn was younger, and he was doing all these awesome matches at the beginning of the Sexy Boy thing as a heel, he had an awesome match with, with Rick. He had an awesome match with Savage. Steamboat was a part of the company doing the stupid fucking dragon gimmick, like breathing fire and shit that WWE made him do. And they never crossed paths. So sad. Two of the greatest. <laughs> Sorry, that was my rant. Yeah, it would have been great. That's for sure. Should have gotten Sean versus Steamboat, damn it. All right, anyways, let's go to the next part. This was really fucking interesting. I was like, I was kind of, I think it was the weed, but I was kind of really into it. But um, all right. So we had Tucker talking um, to Otis in the back and apparently like Mandy wanted to talk to Otis. So Otis like kind of walked off. Tucker's like, what the hell? I'm about to go against Dolph Ziggler. He's like, beat up Tucky. Poor Tucker and all this, man. He's the hard ass. He, you know, Otis might be the heart of the group, but Tucker does most of the goddamn work. Let's let's, let's be honest here. But we got to have uh, two ex college um, collegiate uh, wrestlers with Dolph Ziggler and Tucker. And they had a good match, just throwing each other around, shit like that. Uh, basically, uh, it was called a disqualification when Ziggler gave T- Tucky a zigzag on the ring steps after the match. Ziggler was going to presumably try to kill him with the chair, with the uh, stairs, um, but was stopped by Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, and then Otis. And Otis wanted to kill him. Um, Mandy Rose was not appreciative of the situation and was like, what the fuck? What's wrong with you? And from all these glitches that we've seen that when it first happened, I think me and Chris commented was like, I think they had a fuck up and they didn't realize it. But obviously it's been more intentional. It's gotten worse and worse. The symbols kind of similar to the arc reactor of Iron Man, very similar to um, what I'm I'm assuming who it is, which is Mustafa Ali playing, I guess, hacker, crime, crime fighter, I, I, Mr. Robot, unless it's Solomon Crow and they fucking signed Sammy Callahan and no one knows about that. I don't know, but he showed some footage that we did not see of what we thought anyways of Sonya Deville uh, purposely texting with Mandy's phone to tell Otis to chill out on um, getting there. And uh, yeah, it, basically Mandy was pissed off at her best friend and also disgusted with Dolph Ziggler since they were like, you know, like, yes, you'll have her, you know, just scheming, not really realistic. And that, and that's, that's fine. But now it's going to be Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. Otis kicked the shit off Dolph Ziggler a little bit more before him getting out of there and should be a fun match. I don't know if Tucker will be involved. I don't know if this mysterious figure will be involved. Like I said, I'm assuming it's Mustafa Ali. The symbol's the exact same. He's been gone. 
but it is the exact same type of gimmick, it seemed like, except for more of a babyface vigilante sense, uh, a.k.a., like I said, Mr. Robot. But it, it's very similar to Solomon Crow um, or Sammy Callahan's uh, persona in NXT where he was hacking everything. So whatever. Uh, interesting shit. I, like I said, it might have been the weed, but I was I was kind of getting into this. Uh, did, did did you did you feel the weed, Chris? I didn't feel the weed, but I also was <laughs> I didn't feel the weed, but I was also into this. Um, I I like the idea of Sonya now being pulled back into the fold because I thought they should have done that to begin with, and I I like the idea of it being Mustafa Ali. If I'm being completely honest. It does have a very Mr. Robot slash Watchdogs type feel to it, but that could end up being cool. I mean, they didn't really use the Solomon Crow stuff that much, so it is an idea that they had in their back pocket. And uh, you know, him—they have played up him being a former police officer. So if, they, if he comes back with some kind of cool gimmick, uh, I'm down for that. I just don't know where it leads because once again, they're throwing a guy into a feud that isn't his feud, and they haven't really utilized him anywhere else on the show except for this feud. So. A uh, bit strange on that, but uh, yeah, I've liked the Ziggler, Otis, Tucker, Sonya, and Mandy Rose stuff thus far leading into uh, their match at Mania. Now, do you think this is related to GTTV, and we will finally find out that Tom Green is behind all of this? I mean, I was actually thinking that it's really the raw anonymous GM, and we're finally going to figure out who the hell that actually was. Oh, <laughs> What if it's all Vicky Guerrero, that evil, evil, evil woman? Uh, all right. I mean, it, it could be worse. You bring Edge back, you bring Vicky Guerrero back. That's just how the world works. I don't know how I feel about that at all. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on. Uh, Dan O'Brien went against Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, this is the first two these guys have tangled up uh, since both of them have been uh, on the roster again. These guys used to, um, you know, uh, what the hell, uh, room with each other when they were both part of the dojo in Japan. They've wanted to have a match. They had a pretty good match, but it's like a throwaway match. I'd love to see these guys in a program is all I'm saying. Uh, but anyways, uh, Dean O'Brien won because of disqualification when Cesaro interfered. After the match, Nakamura, Cesaro, and Zayn beat up Brian and Gulak. We're going to have a pretty good match between Zayn and Brian. I hope that there isn't a bunch of interference, but it probably will happen that way. I could see even, you know, even though me and you want them to continue, and I like their little uh, their little charade of uh, practices that they do right before the match between Drew and uh, Daniel. I like all that type of stuff and them being a unit, but I could see Drew Gulak just joining this fucking unit. It seems like they're trying to make Sami Zayn like Bobby Heenan if he could still wrestle at the same time period. Um, so I don't know what the hell they're going to do with this, but we should get a good match between Sammy and Daniel Bryan. And that's all that matters, Chris, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be a very good match. And if there's anyone you could tell me to get around the disqualification interference stuff, they have a lot of trust in Daniel Bryan to have good matches. And we've seen that in the past. Even if you go back to that match, he had as Shane McMahon with his tag partner, he seems to find a way out of it. Out of a bad situation, or the strap match he just recently had with Braun, which, by all means, I think if you threw anyone else in there, it probably would have been way worse than it was. And it ended up being a pretty decent match. So if you're telling me that I'm going to get Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan, it's going to be probably pretty good. Uh, worst case scenario, you could have Drew Gulak just take out Sheamus and um, 
take out one of the members, either Seamus and Nakamura beforehand in the back, maybe stretch and choke one of them out or something, kind of even the odds a little bit, and then you get a good Sami Zayn-Daniel Bryan match. Uh, you could get a DQ finish. I don't know. It's it's filmed and recorded. I think there's a lot of things you could do. It's one of those situations where I was like, uh, I wish that there was like a 20-minute time on the draw, and they just gave these guys 20 minutes to work or something. <laughs> but uh, I have faith in Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn delivering one of the matches of the weekend. Let's just say that. Yeah, I I, I hope so, and I, I I tend to agree with you just because of their excellent performance rate. Um, afterwards, another another thing that, that they kind of got me, man, um, I like this John Cena and Bray Wyatt thing. Um, you know, obviously people are going to say there's going to be two, two thought processes coming from this from certain fans. One's going to be that they try to rip off the whole Matt Hardy, Chris Jericho thing with the teleporting. They recorded this, you know, in the can. They had no idea that either one was trying to attempt this, so it wasn't like it was after – that aired that they recorded it. I could be wrong, but I'm just assuming. And then the second one is the people that hated that segment with Jericho and Matt Hardy for the whole teleportation. I think, I think this is cool. The ending where he saw the fiend and like all the puppets came out and then all of a sudden the fiend disappears. And then right after that, uh, Bray's like right behind him and says, run. Like I thought it, it all worked for me. It really did. To all the Matt Hardy, Chris Jericho stuff with the teleporting, they they have to utilize what they have, and I don't really have a problem with them doing stuff like that. You know, more cinematic stuff that they would not be able to get away with, obviously, with a live crowd. You know, they're just trying to add a little bit more detail to it. So I thought I liked I like this thing. I'm looking forward to this weird whack. If if Bray Wyatt's gonna have a good match, it's one where that's gonna be warped in his fucking reality. And as long as they're letting Bray Wyatt and John Cena work on this, John Cena has been involved in a lot of movies, and they kind of just do it from the funhouse. Maybe we find the basement of the funhouse, if you will, or wherever the fuck the fiend stays. This could be a lot of fun. Uh, Triple H was saying it that that, and I mean obviously Triple H, he works for the company. He's gonna you know talk about anything being better you know but he he literally said this is something that they've never done before with the the footage they have from this match so i am looking forward to it i like the setup you have the g golly gosh fucking superhero and john cena going against the devil basically and like i said i liked all the puppets and i liked how john cena went from confident to really creeped out very very quickly and then seeing Bray, obviously, on that platform that, remember, Baron Corbin tried to kill Elias on. He tried to kill him. Anyways, seeing him on that platform and the flashes and then Bray Wyatt being behind him. I think they might have done that, you know, without having to, uh, you know, obviously Matt Hardy was cuts. But if they had someone in Bray's costume as the Fiend and then did that, they still could have filmed it that way. And I think it came out pretty cool. Uh, maybe I'm just having more hope into it. And maybe we'll end up like... Um, the WrestleMania with the projections. But if they let Bray be Bray and they let them get creative and John Cena and and Bray both have a lot of input on this, this is going to be fucking cool. If they don't and they kind of just do it themselves, then it's probably going to be projections or even, even though I didn't think it was as bad as that, like the burning down of the, the Wyatt compound or even the Wyatt versus um new day which was actually pretty fun but you you get what i'm saying chris um what 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 did you think about um this setup and the last segment going into wrestlemania for john cena 
and the fiend. I mean, anyone saying the Matt Hardy teleportation thing, if they're saying that Bray, if they ripped it off, I mean, isn't this just Undertaker's gimmick though? So isn't yes. everyone just ripping off the fucking Undertaker? Like how how deep do you want to dive into that? I guess is the question. I mean, I'm sure Kevin yeah, Sullivan even, also did it at one time. Like I think Sting did it, it too, which was probably you know when he was a crow. I think that the Ultimate Warrior when he was in WCW, he used to teleport. You know, a lot of mythical characters do that. It's not. It's it wasn't that offensive to me. I mean, it's just it sucks that it kind of <laughs> happened. You know, a week or the the same week or a week after or whatever. So you can draw those conclusions. But then again, you're watching a lot of wrestling and WWE has been doing the Undertaker teleportation, the Kane teleportation thing for a long ass time before AEW was even a, a, a thought. Right. So I had no problem with it whatsoever. And then also it's not very Matt. I mean, the Bray Wyatt character in general is there's a lot of similarities you can draw to the Matt Hardy character, but they're both mythical characters. And they're very different. Matt Hardy's is is more of a comical take on what wrestling mythical characters are and kind of always has been. I don't think it's meant to be taken super seriously. Um, whereas, I feel like he's a straight he's almost a straight satire, like mixing elements, like he said, with um, what the hell is that um, vampire show? So it was a big inspiration. True Blood. But I really feel like he's a big satire on The Ultimate Warrior. Just the, the ridiculous things that he says and his whole concept and shit like that. There's a lot of parallels there of him kind of not making fun of him, but kind of making fun of The Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. And I mean, fans of big Matt Hardy fans are going to be the ones that are like, oh, they're just doing the same thing. And, and the reason why, it's because WWE totally did try to rip off the final deletion with the new day. And I think that still sticks in people's crawl, so to speak, um, which was, it was really bad in comparison to what final deletion was, which was this like four week <laughs> build up with Jeff Hardy. Um, I actually just rewatched this because of Matt Hardy, where he's, there's a sec, there's a scene where Jeff Hardy's just mowing the lawn, but he's only mowing the Hardy boy symbol, the little necklace that he used to wear into all of the grass then he goes inside and starts playing guitar and then Vanguard one shows up and then all of these other little droids sneak into his house and he's like fighting them off on the acoustic guitar. Uh, Final deletion's pretty fucking good. We can just, you can just yeah, enjoy both. Really great. You can just enjoy both and realize that, you know, Hardy's idea of it is to me more satire. It is a mixture of Undertaker and Steam and Kevin Sullivan. And Ultimate Warrior. It is that. Uh, maybe to the 10th degree uh, with some inspiration, like you said, inspiration of true blood or, or whatever the hell, but Matt Hardy's character in general is nothing like Bray Wyatt's character. They are very, very different. Now, if they would have made him the leader of the dark order, you would have been able to say like, well, now AEW is kind of doing the Wyatt family thing to some extent. And I mean, those things do correspond with each other when Matt was doing, the Hardy compound. So like I said, everything kind of takes a little bit of everything in wrestling to, to have that feeling of, this is just a complete rip off of this. Well, get, I mean, you're going to have to fucking kind of get used to that because a lot of wrestling is recycling storylines um, and making them slightly different. It's the same thing with music. You hear a lot of recycled guitar parts, but they're slightly different or slightly changed or um, it's just inspiration more than anything else. I, I think people look way too much into that shit sometimes. Yep. 
I completely agree with you. Music wise, it's why Greta Von Fleet gets a bad rap. Like it's a terrible thing that a bunch of seventeen year olds decided to play music that sounded like Zeppelin. But oh motherfuckers ripping them off. And Zeppelin ripped off pretty much every blues artist from the thirties and forties, even though I love them so much. You know, there's there's always that. Uh there's always inspiration and influence that's usually, you know, mistaken, like you said, for trying to rip off or, you know, kind of make fun of. And, and that's not the case, I don't think so, in, in, in anything. But just last final question, uh, because you kind of talked a lot about the Matt Hardy stuff. Um, are Did this make you more intrigued by the Firefly Funhouse match between Bray Wyatt and John Cena? Yes. And Triple H's statements make me a little intrigued, but I, I I think it's the let's just curiosity killed the cat a little bit. Like, I don't want to get really excited about it uh, just because they have done things like this in the past where I was like, OK, this is going to be a cool Bray Wyatt thing. Um, and then it just completely turned out to be like the Seth Rollins Hell in a Cell match or uh, fucking roaches crawling on the ring through LED production projections. So, you know, they've lost a lot of goodwill on me thinking that they're going to be able to do this successfully. Now, if they really reached into their pockets and like I said, what what I said they should do was call in Tom Savini and do something really fucking terrifying for this film thing you're going to do. If maybe they didn't get Tom Savini, but maybe they went with that route and they tried to do something really different and really surprising and it turns out good, then awesome. So I am looking forward to it, but it's almost like picking a random horror movie you've never seen that looks very b-side and going i hope this is like great bad and not just bad bad if that makes sense yeah no definitely um and hopefully this is not one of those that's like far 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 down the list on the next netflix categories um you know something that's like hey you should watch this because blah 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 i don't know we'll find out and uh i can't believe it it's it's still not I don't know if this is airing tonight or tomorrow night this match uh, in particular because I've seen breakdowns where they have night one night two and now a lot of a lot of places are reporting just the matches they don't know what night they're on um, so whenever that happens it should be interesting but WrestleMania is tonight Chris uh, there's no takeover obviously they've peppered out all the main events for takeover between their actual NXTs. Uh, for their main events, because I think next week we're getting the ladies' um, ladder match, which should be fucking awesome. Um, but no takeovers. Uh, it's WrestleMania straight up. We got a bunch of matches for both nights. We got even they have an hour pre-show for both of them that I'm assuming is going to be filmed live. There's been rumors that certain things and elements will be filmed live. Some of the matches were pre-recorded. Some of them are, you know, they're trying to do something more cinematic. Um, and in different places, obviously they have the Boneyard match. Obviously they have the Falls Count Anywhere match between um, Edge and, and Randy Orton, the the Firefly Funhouse. So this is going to be interesting. I give a lot of praise to rest, to uh, WWE for trying this. Obviously, like many, I would have postponed it, but they want to finish the season, and that's when WrestleMania kind of is. So I'm assuming we might get Mania, and then. Maybe the 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 uh, the show after Mania, if you will, for on SmackDown, and it could be I don't know, it could be done after that. But um, 
about to go over the card. Any comments about WrestleMania starting tonight, if you haven't realized that? Kind of hidden. No, I mean, now. Yeah, I mean, we'll, uh, when we go over the card, I'll, I'll save my comments for then. <laughs> All right, so this is no particular order uh, from For the Win, but this is the matches. Like I said, certain ones, there is kind of an asterisk because we don't know if that person is actually going to be participating, but we'll go down it. From what we have, uh, the first match I have, Otis going against Dolph Ziggler for the affection of Mandy Rose, who's not an item, damn it. Um, I hope Otis gets the win. I mean, I don't see – there is part of me that if they want to stretch this out with Dolph and him, Mandy's actually, you know, was – she was a heel originally. So maybe all this was an act. Uh, they could go down that route um, and try to build up Otis, but that kind of kills a lot of his tag shit. So who knows? Um, I kind of hope Otis wins this match, and it's it's going to be more spectacle than it's going to be, uh, I think, great wrestling. Uh, Dolph will do what he can to, you know, sell for Otis like a motherfucker, but I don't, I don't expect this to be like a, a wrestling classic. Uh, what do you think, Chris? I I agree with you. I think Otis probably wins this match and maybe we continue the feud down the line or we move past it. Um, I like the idea of Mustafa Ali, especially because it's going to be recorded. I'm assuming they're probably going to filter some of that things in and maybe that's what costs uh, cost off the match. And um, I don't know. I mean, I kind of want the happy ending. Don't you want to see Otis end up with Mandy or at least be able to have the date? I've been watching a lot of family matters lately. And I kind of relate this to Urkel and Laura. So <laughs> that's, this is what social distancing <laughs> does to you. Oh, I love it. That's great. I love that show. Um, some people say... Anyways. Um, yeah. Elias, King Corbin. I don't care about this match at all. <laughs> that's all I got. Um, I, Elias is a, a punching bag. He's entertaining, but they did a terrible job building him. When he started getting popular as a heel, they forced him into being a babyface. He loses to everyone. I, I, I feel kind of insulted for Baron Corbin, who's at least built himself up as being a prick heel uh, if, he, if he loses to Elias for the fuck of it on WrestleMania. I think that's kind of dumb. And I could see Gronk getting involved for some fucking reason in this. Um, and maybe that's how Elias wins, but that's the only scenario. I, I feel like Baron Corbin's pretty much going to win this one. What do you think, Chris? I think Elias wins this one, and maybe they continue the feud just because they don't have anything for either of them to do. And maybe it is because Gronk gets involved. But uh, if I had to bet, I would bet on Elias, I guess. All right. We have Aleister Black going against Bobby Lashley. Um. Once again, I don't know in this scenario. If this is playing out, um, Aleister Black's going to get a win against Bobby Lashley. I don't see, you know, how that uh, how they get around it. What I would say in this match between the two of them, don't just have it be big guy Bobby throwing around Aleister Black and finally he gets kicked in the face. If you're going to actually have a match between the two of them, Bobby was an MMA fighter. He does know a lot of locks and stuff like that. You know, Aleister Black's obviously has been a competitive kickboxer. They can add elements to make it a decent match that way, but they'll probably go the other route like they always do. And Aleister Black will get the black mass and get the win. 
if it, the picture I'm looking for the advertisement has Lana with Bobby, I really hope they didn't pull Lana and fucking get her to the performance center to be a valet just for the fuck of it. Because that's like such a waste. And especially with everything going on, I'd be kind of aggravated if I were Rusev. But, you know, whatever. It's WWE. Does Aleister Black beat Bobby Lashley or whoever his competitor is, Chris? Yeah, I mean, whoever Alistair fights, I think you need Alistair to win in like 30 seconds. I, I don't want them boom, to have boom. a long match, especially not with Bobby Lashley. I mean, bell rings, black mass, Bobby gets back up, back black mass, pin, game over. And if you're going to set up a feud out of that, maybe that's the time you do it. You have someone come out to who is an actual threat to Alistair. Maybe that's a thing you do. But uh, no one takes Bobby Lashley at a serious level and you're trying to build Alistair to a serious level. So he should demolish this guy. If you want to do the Seamus Brian finish, like they did at that mania where people actually did love Brian, now would be the time to do it <laughs> as just a shocking quick finish. Cause I don't think anyone's going to be upset if Alistair kicks Bobby Lashley's head off. I'm being completely honest. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I would love to see Alistair Black and Daniel Bryan in the future. That's what that made me think of. Um, Kevin Owens against Seth Rollins. They, as as repetitive as they got back when they were live, I think that some of the other people that have benefited it has been Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. I've liked their promos going against each other, getting deep of who was the biggest, basically the biggest name coming in through it. You have Seth re- representing um, FCW, and you have you know KO representing. Uh, NXT as being those supreme guys and obviously X Ring of Honor, you know, just a little bit away from each other um, when it came to coming to that platform and then also following into WWE. And I mean, both guys can fucking wrestle their asses off. If you let them have a fucking good match, it should be, I think, pretty damn good. Um, how do you feel about this match? I'm going to go with Kevin Owens putting Seth Rollins a bit in his place. But I could see him having someone fucking come out and then screwing him over. But I think that's kind of boring. I guess it all depends on who you're going to have go over as champion. If Bear, if, if if you're actually going to have McIntyre get the title, who is going to go against McIntyre? My thought would be Seth Rollins. So I could yep. see Kevin Owens getting screwed here, maybe by Buddy Murphy, and then him focusing his energy towards Buddy Murphy. And then Seth getting the title later on, and then you go back to the Seth-Kevin thing. But it's a little bit weird. I do know that if they don't do any fuckery in this match and just give us a straight-ass wrestling match, um, this could easily be a show-stealer. It's either going to be this or that Daniel Bryan match that's going to steal the show. And I'm sure Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are shit-talking each other right now on who maybe had the best match filmed. I'm sure there's some back and forth between those two guys. Oh, yeah? You can go fuck yourself, Sammy. Um, A. All right, so we have John Cena going against The Fiend Bray Wyatt in a Firefly Funhouse. Very cinematic from what everyone's kind of presenting. It's going to be very different. Um, This could be really fucking cool uh, and, and different. And Bray Wyatt, though, has to get the win over John Cena, I would assume. That would be kind of a nail on uh, on the coffin of Bray if Cena wins from this. But um, I, I I am very, very 
I wouldn't say excited about this, but I'm I'm very intrigued and I'm I'm just very curious about this match. We've kind of already just talked about it with the ending of SmackDown. Who do you think's gonna win? I'm going with Bray Wyatt. I have to go with Bray Wyatt as well. And and the primary reason has nothing to do with wrestling. It's just I know that all of the co-stars of the Fast and Furious movies really like John Cena, so unless he dies at the end of that film, he's gonna be doing the next eight thousand Fast and the Furious movies. So I don't see him getting a big win over Bray um, and then utilizing him on pay-per-views. It's not something he really needs in his career right now. And it's a good move to try to give Bray a rehab win after losing to uh, Goldberg so quickly at that pay-per-view, regardless of him being able to withstand some of the torment that, that Goldberg put him through. Or as Seth said, I should have just used the should have just used the jackhammer. If I'd only known. <laughs> He should have used the jack ever to beat him, which is probably the best thing Seth has said about that match. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this is a match where Bray has to get a win. It's gonna it's gonna split the crowd. I think some people are gonna be pissed that Bray won, and some people are gonna be really really happy that Bray won. John Cena, honestly, at this point, he loves wrestling still. I mean, he still talks about loving wrestling, and I believe I believe him when he says that. But uh, he's kind of in the rock spot where he's on to at least bigger and faster things <laughs> hanging out with uh, Diesel, but, uh, making, making that fast and the furious money. Talk shit with uh, Tyrese about how much of a dick Dwayne Johnson is. I'm sure that's, that's going to be on the set. Uh. <laughs> I hope that they go against each other in the future. And then that gets like, now you get John Cena from that role and he can say shit like that. He's like, yeah, well even your co-stars don't fucking like you Dwayne. I hope I hope that we have a match between Tyrese and The Rock where The Rock just rips his arms off and just beats Tyrese in the face with it. That'd be hilarious. And then he can have good reasoning to have another shitty R&B album. Why would you want him to get murdered? He's baby boy. Yeah, he's an idiot. Oh, Lord. You like I threw the baby boy reference in there? I did. I did. That was was like way. That was way back, man. He had that lowrider bike on the front of the VHS. That's how you oh, knew. I'll it was- give this to Tyrese though. He ages slower than a motherfucker because he looks the exact same way that he did in Baby Boy, uh, in nowadays. But, anyways, um, <laughs> I just I think I'm still annoyed by him trolling everyone, saying that he got the role for John Stewart and the Green Lantern, and like putting pictures of like Warner Brothers Studios, like I'm going in for a meeting, and then all that was just bullshit. And obviously, then he started talking shit about The Rock and. You know, I'm a wrestling fan. I'm not a Tyrese fan. I don't even remember his music. You know? Man, All right, I'm trying, next. I'm trying to remember a Tyrese song, and I can't think of one offhand, if I'm being honest. It's probably like the bat. He, he was like the, the male Ashanti. He was always like doing the choruses for someone else, you know? You know? Ah! ah all that type of shit. Anyways, for, no more. For no some more reason, I just. I mean, I just have Jamiroquai stuck in my head now, which has nothing to do with Tyrese, so thanks for that. Hey, that's not a bad thing at all. All right, The Undertaker, AJ Styles, Boneyard match. Don't know what the fuck that means. Most most likely graveyard match, buried alive-esque sort of thing. You know, I don't know. Either way, this is another one where it's going to be a lot of spectacle. Um, I think, from what I hear, Undertaker kind of chose AJ as a person he wanted to go against. I th- I'm also kind of assuming, even though it's kind of dumb, that Undertaker's not going to lose. 
he's going to win over AJ. AJ's not like someone up and coming. AJ's been around for a while. He's he's a big name that Undertaker's not performed with. And uh, Undertaker's got two strikes. I really think the third strike, whenever he chooses it, will be his last strike as far as winning at WrestleMania um, with with uh, whatever the hell, the streak. Um, don't mean to say whatever the hell, but I keep on thinking of that Brock Lesnar match, and it's like, well, it's just kind of pointless now. But anyways, either way, Undertaker, AJ Styles, Boneyard match, I don't care. He told, he said, you know, we got like, like we got big evil now, Chris. Like he's like right in the middle of the the dead man and American badass, you know. So he's got a little more aggression. Um, I, I think he's gonna bring it. He said to bring Gallows and Anderson. He's gonna kick all their asses. There could be some shit maybe of of the reason why AJ wins, of course. But I think Undertaker's gonna win against AJ Styles. Who do you think's gonna win? So I have a bold prediction for this match, and I try to do one for every WrestleMania. Oh, God. And it's, it's got to be Kang. I think Mr. Glenn Jacobs might show up to help The Undertaker um, against the club. But I think we're going to get a fun match, and I tend to agree with you. I do think Taker wins here. It's not going to hurt AJ. Um, but to some extent, WWE does look at AJ as kind of like a steam. He wasn't really built here. We love him. We're going to treat him right and stuff, but like not really built here. And Undertaker is always going to be our guy. So I think Undertaker is going to win, but I would not be surprised if you see a Kane appearance. And that is going to be my bold prediction for Mania. Because I try to do one surprise. I think the biggest one I ever got was the Hardy one. Which you did get that. <laughs> which everyone I didn't was. even know if that was going to happen. Yeah, so this is my bold prediction. The, the mayor of Knox, Tennessee... Uh, Colin Jacobs is going to show up and help take her out with the, with the club here. And then maybe we get like a three versus two match in the future. Um, AJ gets his win back or whatever against the Brothers of Destruction. I could easily see them throwing something like that on a Saudi show or uh, SummerSlam. I like it. I like it. All right. I think the match that maybe not will be necessarily the best wrestling i think that me and you i think are zoned in on seth rollins and ko and then daniel bryan going against sammy but i think the match that maybe all of us are looking forward to the most is edge versus randy orton in a last man standing match in which they can pretty much go anywhere they want to um for this match um and of course i'm gonna have to pick edge maybe they have something set up for a long-term feud but with his limited schedule it just seems to make sense, um, but I've loved the intensity leading up to this, that they can keep that intensity in the ring. We know that these guys, when they want to perform, especially, well, Edge is always up for it, but <laughs> Randy Orton, when when he wants to perform, he can perform pretty excellent. So I expect this to be one of the most talked about matches. Um, and even if, you know, this might be one of those situations, Chris, where you have an awesome match with Kenny Omega and Pentagon, on it where they fucking just go all over the place. But really the match that steals it is the one with Nick Aldis and Cody for the NWA title because of the way that they play it out and the meaning behind it. This could be one of those situations. I'm going to give the, uh, the, the win to edge, but um, yeah. Who do you think is going to win last man standing RKO or uh, edge? I think, I think I'm going to give it to edge as well. Uh, my only thing is I'm not a huge Randy Orton fan and I know the match is going to be very slow and methodical being, a 
all around match or a falls count anywhere match. There's going to be a lot of slow methodical pacing by Randy Orton as he tries to disassemble edge in different locations, which is not my favorite thing. I, I know a lot of people like Orton and I, you know, to some extent when Orton is Orton and he's doing the promos he's been doing against edge, he can be really great. Um, I don't think this is going to be match of the night, but when you say most talked about match, probably easily. Um, just not going to be my match of the night. I could be wrong. Maybe uh, maybe shit will get absolutely crazy. and It'll be incredible, but my guess is it'll be a really good match, and then there's going to be a lot of downtime in between when you were doing shit. I could see that, too. All right, we have Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan for the IC Intercontinental uh, Championship. Um, this should be an awesome match, unless they make it a bunch of bullshit with people getting involved and some type of crap finish. This has this has everything to be an awesome, excellent wrestling match with both these guys, um, who are friends in real life. They've you know they've trained together, they've worked together. You know this this should be awesome. So I'm gonna give it to Daniel Bryan because. Even though I don't necessarily like the look of the title, if, if this was the new U.S. title, I would have been all right because I think the, the U.S. title looks stupid. But I love the old look of the IC title. I, I still think that. But Daniel Bryan, like I've said in the past, like The Miz, maybe even Dolph Ziggler to an extent, it, well, more, more so like The Miz, they, it just with him having the IC belt, it brings a little bit of prestige to that belt, and he's always – been good with it. I'll just say that. Um, Chris Jericho is the best example, I think, of, of someone like that. Who You can win world titles, but the IC belt is something that you're known for. Much like the US belt with John Cena. But um, I want a good match, man. I want a fucking hard-hitting match, and I want Daniel Bryan to roll up Sami Zayn and Sami Zayn to cry about it afterwards. Who is going to win this match, Chris, for the IC belt? I think Sami Zayn's going to retain it. But I think it's going to be a very, very good match. Um, I don't know if it's going to be via fuckery or Sami Zayn just actually has to outperform Daniel Bryan. But we got to give a heel a win on this show. So far, I think we've kind of went heavy babyface, or at least I have. And this would be the one where it would make sense. And Daniel Bryan does seem to be a guy that takes these losses uh, with no problem from the crowd itself. Because the crowd's always going to be behind Daniel Bryan to some extent, whereas Sami Zayn, you're re-pushing. I could see Sami Zayn getting the win here, um, retaining the title, and then that feud going on because you've still got Drew Gulak and, and Daniel Bryan. Maybe later on, Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan get the better of, I can't remember what Sami Zayn's crew is called, but that crew, and then they go into the tag division. Um, I, could, I could be wrong, though. Maybe Daniel Bryan picks up the title here and gets the tag titles. So that was another prediction that we had made previously when we were just talking about things that would be really cool booking-wise. Um, I don't know. This one's a toss up for me, but my gut feeling is saying Sami Zayn's probably going to retain. And uh, this it's it's a toss up to me between the Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins and this in the uh, the, the Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan match on which one is going to be the best match of Mania. It's a coin toss. It just depends on what fuckery they put where if there's zero fuckery in either match, then they're probably both going to be really, really great. I have a lot of faith in Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn to have an amazing match. So I hope that's the case. If they're on separate nights, then those will be the show stealers on either night. I think. All right. 
Uh, next match could be a lot of fun for a tag match, but it's kind of, at least to me, pretty obvious who's going to win due to the fact that they've had to change the opponents uh, so much. But we were supposed to have Angel Garza and Andrade. Andrade was pulled out for a rib injury. Uh, so they put in Austin Theory, who's getting a big chance to step it up and go against the Street Profits for the Rog Tad team t- titles. And um, I feel like they're going to play this out like an NXT match. I think that's the best way to do it. I think the Street Profits will probably be able to come up with an awesome fucking everyone hit each other, you know, sort of match. This could be a lot of fun. But like I said, I would think there's no reason to put the titles on Austin Theory and Angel Garza. So I'm assuming Street Profits win, but this has potential to be an awesome tag match. Chris, what do you think? I'm hoping that Austin Theory turns this shit up to 11 and looks incredible in this match. Uh, Just because I still worry if he has one fuck up, Vince will be like, nope, I'm done with this guy. Um, Who's that guy? (laughs) Yes. So hopefully that's not the case. Uh, This could be a very, very good match. I'm not huge on the Street Profits in the ring, but I do think they probably retain here. And uh, I think the... The general idea is Andrade versus Angel Garza because of Selena Vega, I think, down the road. I'm still sticking with that prediction. Austin Theory is just here because they need a body who's going to be a solid fucking worker. Um, And that was a great choice to pick. And hopefully they let him really show off in this match. Because Angel Garza, he's just got to do the pants giving. People kind of already love him at this point. But Austin Theory, this is his first introduction to some of the audience that's not going to be watching NXT and maybe even others. So there's a big chance they could, you know, he, he could end up taking the pin, but maybe they'll do it like they did with John Cena, where John Cena looks like a million bucks against Kurt Angle, but still, you know, lost to Kurt Angle. So hopefully Austin Theory has that in the back of his mind, comes out and really shows off and has just an absolute great match. And, and I love all of the guys in this. I Like I said, I'm not as huge of a fan of Street Profits as in-ring, but I think they're a pretty good promo and they're a fun tag team. Something that Raw's kind of been missing since New Day moved to SmackDown. Dude, uh, I gotta say, man, I gotta say, I gotta give it, and I agree with you, but Montez Ford has been turning it up as just being <laughs> absolutely ridiculous in the ring and just, he, his antics, I think, is what makes, you know, is, is what makes the Street Profits a bit popular. I think a lot of us see a lot of investment in Montez past us, and that kind of sucks for Angelo Dawkins because I think he's a good, you know, big guy. He's agile shit for his size, but Montez Ford, he's just fucking – he's funny, man. He's got charisma for days. Yeah, he really does, and I think that group in itself has charisma. My worry is they're going to keep making them do these Saturday Night Live sketches and some of the shit that I oh, don't like about God. that, whereas God. more – I think if you let them be organic, kind of what the New Day ended up being, then you could have that kind of New Day tag team for Raw. Um, Montez Ford is, to me, the highlight of that tag team. Not that either guy, neither, I should say this, neither of them are bad in the ring. Just not really my thing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, But it should be a pretty good match. Angel Garza is fucking phenomenal. And Austin Theory... Like I said, I hope he shows up and blows people's minds because, like, if you go back and watch his shit and evolve, uh, he's one hell of a performer and someone I've been saying they should have signed when they finally did sign him. I marked out about and the fact they barely used him on NXT and he took a loss there. Uh, hopefully, this is a big time for him to shine. I mean, it would be great to see him get the win just because I'm a huge Austin Theory mark. I don't see that happening. He's probably going to end up taking the pin, 
Um, but if maybe he takes the pin and that sets up a feud with him and Angel Garza or him and Andrade leading to Andrade versus Angel Garza down the line. God, him uh, and Garza be money. Yeah, it could be fucking great for him either way. So he just needs to have a really strong showing. And this match is probably going to be pretty good because all the workers involved are pretty good. Just not a huge fan of uh, some of the tag team stuff that Street Profits do. I, I, and part of it is they never fucking wrestle. <laughs> like, so, yeah. I mean, they've more as of late they have, but I feel like they're always constantly shaking off some ring dust because they don't utilize it for two or three months except for on like house shows, etc. Yeah, I agree. I it just I, I think the last time when I was just like enthralled by Montez Ford screaming, This is WrestleMania and then running and doing, you know, his his uh, Tope Con Hilo over the fucking ropes, you know. That guy's just a maniac. Anyways, let's get to the next match. We have Bailey, the the woman's uh SmackDown champion, going against her best friend in the world, Sasha Banks, and also Lacey Evans, Naomi and Tamina in a fatal five-way elimination match. This, to me, it's going to come down to, I'm assuming, either potentially Naomi or Lacey, whoever they pick as, like, the babyface to be a part of it, and then Sasha and Bayley, and then something is going to happen, and I really think, based on WWE, Sasha's going to pick up that belt, maybe pinning Lacey and being like, sorry, or something like that. Uh, but I would love to see Naomi or Lacey take that belt instead. I really would. And I think it'll be very, very fucking boring if Bailey just keeps the belt. Or that that doesn't do anything for me. So I'm going to go with Sasha, just based on, I don't know, just a hunch I have. Chris, who do you have for this match? I'm going to gut fill and go with Lacey. But okay. I do think they're going to try to instill the feud of, if I'm thinking about it, I think it's a terrible idea, as you guys already know. I think Sasha maybe takes out Bailey early on in the match. Oh. And then Lacey ends up winning, maybe even with some fuckery from Bailey being mad at Sasha, etc. cetera. Um, but I, I do think, ba- like, uh, I do think, uh, God damn it, why can't I think of her name now? I was just talking about it. Naomi? <laughs> Lacey. I do think Lacey probably picks up the win here. They seem like they're behind her. Her picking up the belt's not the worst thing ever, and she can feud with. Uh, in the meantime, she could feud with Naomi if they wanted to go that route until they figure out what they're doing with Sasha and Bailey. Sasha and Bailey doesn't really need a title, uh, and taking the title would be how you get to that feud. But I don't think putting the title in the middle of that feud is the right thing to do for the rest of your women's division. So if they're going to force that route, I would assume that they're going to try to put over Lacey during it. So I, I gut feeling I'm going to go with Lacey. I think Naomi would be the other choice, but just the way that they pushed Lacey as a blade, I think that that's her. This is going to be her WrestleMania moment. All right. Next we have the Miz and John Morrison against the New Day against the Usos in a triple threat ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Uh, we've already talked about this. Miz is out. Um, he was showing some some uh, cold symptoms, and they sent him home. Um, so we have the rumor is it's going to be either Biggie or Kofi going against either Uso against John Morrison in a in a singles. Makes absolutely no sense, but due to what happened, a singles ladder match three way for the tag championships, 
Or is someone going to pop in? Maybe it'd be a Dominic Dijakovic or someone else that we just we're not even thinking of um, to take the place of the Miz and help John Morrison go against these two teams. Um, my prediction and hope I've already said is that Kofi gets the tag title unless Biggie's in the Biggie can get it. Just give it to the new day. I don't really know where the hell you go. I mean, the Usos could win it. I don't know what the fuck I want. I want, I want Kofi to win it. Damn it. What do you, what do you think, Chris? I think that it becomes <sighs> number one contenders match instead of a tag title match. And that they just do some kind of briefcase thing. And then whoever wins is going to have a, just a single shot at the title against the current champions. Uh, just because I think Morrison is going to preach the fact that his partner's not there. That's the only reason I think the substitute thing works is because Miz and Morrison are kind of playing heels. So they could preach that because Miz can't be there, they shouldn't have to defend their title. So you can make it a number one contenders match. But then you could go the route of Rob Gronkowski forcing him to find a partner. So someone like uh, Dominic Dajakovic could work in the if it just depends on which way they want to go. If they're going to do a three-way yep. match for the uh, ladder, I think it'll just end up being a number one contenders match. If they end up doing a tag match, I like your idea of Dominic Dajakovic. I also like the uh, the idea of Ricochet and Morrison teaming. Yeah, Prince Puma that'd be awesome. And, and Morrison teaming just because I feel like Ricochet should be on this show. If for anything, I think he's going to give you one hell of a match. Uh, not that Dijakovic wouldn't, but it's if you do that, you get him and Big E in there. There's going to be a lot of crazy shit. So I, I like either option. Um, it's it. This one is very hard to predict, but I will say Morrison walks out still retaining. I like your idea with Ricochet. Uh, mainly, Chris, because all right, say Ricochet is thrown in there, he's kind of reluctant because obviously he's a babyface and you know he's forced to by Gronk or something like that or whatever, whatever way you want to put it. And they lose, even if Ricochet has nothing to do with the reason why they lose. John Morrison could use this as a way to start a feud with Ricochet because of the fact that he, you know, fucked over him in the Miz, even you know putting it in the heels perspective, if they want to do that. Yeah, or they could have them win. That moves Ricochet to SmackDown because if you win one of the titles, you move to the other place, etc. That's why you're able to challenge for either belt after you win the Rumble. So he moves to SmackDown. I think that refreshes Ricochet in a lot of ways. He's not involved with some of the same people he's been involved with on Raw. It also gives you the ability for when Miz comes back to try to make the free bird rules a thing. And then you're, it ends up being a feud between Ricochet versus Miz and Morrison uh, to some extent, like if they lose the titles or whatever down the line. But I think it's a little early to take them off Miz and Morrison, especially because people like the dirt sheet and Miz is, you know, more, well, not Miz, but, well, Miz is a good wrestler. Morrison is a fucking phenomenal wrestler, and he's been really good in this role so far. I think they could probably give him a little bit more, and I really wanted to see him shine in NXT. Um, but He's been good thus far in this role, and I think it's a little early to take the titles off of him. And the Usos and New Day don't really need the belts. As fun as it would be to see Kofi win again, um, I I do feel like Miz is, or Morrison is going to find a way to retain. And if they have him team with some random person, maybe that random person is the reason that Morrison retains. 
and then you bring Miz back into the fold, and that starts like a very, very pissed off at each other version of, you know, the New Day concept and the fabulous Freebird concept. Hey, hey, ho, ho, Miz and Morrison, come on. All right, uh, let's move to the women's tag match. We have the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kari Sane, going against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross for the women's tag team championships. <sighs> All right, if it were me, and I think this makes sense, especially since you've had Asuka on the product so much in the last couple of weeks, and she's been so animated and just energetic. Um, I know she had that that pin to Alexa that kind of like solidified them having this match. Um, but they already beat these two to get the belts, I believe, in the first place. So I hope that they beat them. And then they go to NXT, and with all the amazing females they have there, they build a couple tag teams and let fucking Oscar and Kari Sane really go crazy, you know, with some of the tag teams and actually bring some relevance to these fucking titles that you haven't used in six months. That's what I would want. If you give it to Lexa and Nikki, it's not going to do shit. They're going to be props for their shoulders. Um, that's just how I believe, and... I think that we'll get some really good interactions. It's kind of like when you were talking about the Miz. Not like Sibylis is bad, but I think all three of the other ladies have, have proven themselves, you know, especially for the time in NXT of being pretty good wrestlers and especially Asuka and Kari Sane. So I'd like to see the Kabuki Warriors winning. I have a bad feeling that Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are going to win. What do you think, Chris? I think Alexa and Nikki are going to win, but I think the idea is the Kabuki Warriors split, so you get the Kerry Zane Oscar match that everyone actually wants to see, and you can push them into the title picture. Because outside of Shayna, there's no one really to challenge Becky at the moment, unless they're going to shuffle the NXT card. So I, I, I agree with you, but I think I agree for maybe slightly different reasons, just booking of where they want Oscar to be. I think that she has proven that she's a fucking superstar, regardless of what language she decides to promo. And people just love Oscar, and people will love Carrie Zane too if they highlight her more. Um, but yes, I, I think that is the actual end goal: is the feud between Carrie and Oscar coming out of this. Yeah, I just. Man, the potential of like concept of a couple of tag teams in NXT. Like, imagine EO with someone going against them. I don't know. I agree with you though. Forget forget about the concept of a female tag division because it's never going to be fucking good in WWE. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. Hey, I I I I gotta disagree. I think if they used it properly, NXT could make it happen. That's like the difference then, because look at look at the cruiserweight title and how much it sucked. With just 205 Live being a branch off of SmackDown and Raw, and now the matches, how they make them much more than just afterthoughts if they're on NXT. I agree with you, but none of these females are moving to NXT, and there's no one challenging for the title for NXT, so I doubt that they're going to send them down to NXT. Asuka's a little bit too big of a star to return to NXT at this point, especially when they're bringing people up. Regardless of the matches, I would love to see her carry in on NXT if that makes sense and then they also already have a tie-in to NXT um, I don't know maybe they'll fucking completely surprise us no NXT takeover maybe they do throw a random well, women's tag team in there well the one thing that's nice about the that's supposed to be cool about the belts is that they can stay and still be 
whatever affiliated with Raw or SmackDown. I forgot, actually, at this point. I think SmackDown. But also travel to NXT and perform there if they want to defend the belts because the belts are kind of between all of them. So. Yeah, and I agree with you, but like Asuka in Carrie Zane. It would have to be like. Team, right? It would have so to be like would... a short amount of time, kind of like how Charlotte's involved in the main title right now, but obviously afterwards when she loses to Rhea Ripley, you know, she's going to be gone. But Yeah, and if you wanted to put those belts on NXT, it would make more sense with Alexa and Nikki Cross. Because a heel tag team is not going to want to defend their belts more than they have to, unless they just well, absolutely they, hate, hate the person. And and the Kabuki Warriors, which is still a fucking terrible name, are a heel tag team. They shouldn't be going out of their way to defend the title. Yeah, but players. you know people are going to cheer them if they come back to NXT, if they were to, even if they try that, to present them as And that's the other problem, because I think the end goal is Kerry versus Asuka. Yeah, which I'm down for. If that's the end game, just stay how you're doing it. Uh, just it, those belts are fucking just. I mean, they're less significant than the 24/7 title at this point. I mean, they're the same amount of in, uh, like insignificant as the Raw tag team titles. If I'm being completely honest. Yeah, I mean, it just that's not really their thing. <laughs> is the tag team division? Um, I, we've known that for a I very mean, long time. In them traveling, like they weren't traveling until just recently. Like Asuka and Carrie Zane have been on Raw for fucking, I don't know, seven months. They just yeah. throw those stipulations in whenever it's convenient. And my thought on Vince doing anything productive with those belts, especially if they're Raw roster talent, is very, very slim. As I've as I've said from the beginning, I would love for it to go to NXT because they do have a huge talent pool there and you could throw together like a dusty roads tag team tournament or something you could do a lot of really cool shit with it and i would absolutely realistically love that. but looking through the lens of vince's vince's eyes he probably just sees a main event match between carrie zane and and <laughs> and oscar maybe like a number one contenders match or something against becky down the line or shana down the line it's too bad uh Anyways, let's move on. Uh, we have the uh, Raw Women's Championship match. Becky Lynch uh, going against Shayna Baszler. I mean, beforehand, like I've said, I would I would assume Shayna Baszler is going to take that title off of Becky. But given the circumstances, I could see them keeping the belt on Becky because that's a safer choice to plan and figure out going forward. But then again, the whole concept of the chase is better. Becky has, you know... As of recently, finally got a win over Asuka, which was one of the only people that had beaten her before in the past that she didn't get that win over. So for her to lose to Shayna, it really gives Shayna some gravitas. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of torn on this, but I'm going to say that um, I'm going to give it to Becky Lynch. She's going to win. Uh, who do you think is going to win, Shayna or the man? I I feel like Becky is going to retain, and maybe it sets it up down the line for Shayna to win. But I feel like Becky is probably going to retain here to have that WrestleMania good guy moment. And mostly just because I don't I don't know that they're 100 percent behind Shayna. Like we've heard yeah. various various rumors on Vince's feelings on Shayna in general it's very and different from paul uh paul Heyman and uh triple h let's just put it that way from what yes. i hear yes 
So we'll see what they do, but I I am going to lean towards Becky just retaining here. But I think the match is going to be better than people expect. Um, yeah. I just hope they don't try to do a full shoot style match because I don't think Becky shines there as much as uh, if she does more of a WWE plus actual wrestle style match. If you go back to the Fatal Four Way she had, as we've talked about in the past with Charlotte, Bailey, and Sasha, more of that style with submissions thrown in, I think works more. And it seems like she's seen other people do the shoot style. Uh, like Ronda and, and Shayna and some of the other people in NXT who work more of a UFC style, so to speak, or like Brock, for instance. Um, it doesn't, it's not, to me, it's just not as believable with Becky. Mm-hmm. And she should try to go a little bit away from it, especially if she's supposed to be like a Stone Cold or someone. Like be a little more unconventional in the way that you get your shit in, especially against Shayna, because it's going to look like night and day when they start throwing submissions on. Not as bad as like when Shane does it against the Undertaker, <laughs> but it's gonna look really weird and bad if they just like the first five minutes is them exchanging submission moves. Um, so no, hopefully they don't go I don't that want route. That. I hope but it's I striking they, at first, just a bunch yeah, of punches. Striking and then Becky uh, just being Becky, like fire it up and do your old school shit. I think people will really dig that and. Uh, I don't know, maybe Shayna comes out to the ring wearing a costume that wears 70 pounds and then complains about how long it took her to get to the ring and then she loses. Like, you know, Deontay Wilder. <laughs> Fucking Wilder. Still uh, mad about this. Still mad. This is like this is like the biggest work of all time, Deontay Wilder getting knocked out because he wore too much ring gear. all right let's go to the other women's match uh the women's singles championship match i should say for the nxt championship we're having rhea ripley going against charlotte flair um man you know i wish that they just kind of took off two matches and it's easy kind of to pick which ones they could have done that to and just put velveteen dream against adam cole on this in some type of match give him a little more exposure but I understand they didn't, and they'll be having that match uh, soon on NXT, and that's going to be pretty cool. But awesome Rhea Ripley defending this championship belt against Charlotte. Rhea's got to win it. As much as it, as it would be cool for Charlotte to have the NXT title and have matches with all the fucking females on NXT for a short period of time and then put someone else over, maybe Rhea again, I don't see that happening. Like you're talking about with value with Asuka, I think Charlotte's even more so, I would say, to the main product of Raw and SmackDown. So this is going to be a pretty damn good competitive match with Rhea Ripley upsetting Charlotte Flair and retaining her NXT championship from what I think. Uh, What do you think, Chris? Oh, man. I think Rhea has to retain here, so she has to get the win. Either that or Charlotte has to lose her shit and get disqualified and, and Rhea retains. Um, Charlotte winning the title and then going to NXT is big of a deal as it would be for NXT. It's also a huge hindrance for the top female roster right now because I don't know that they have anyone that can fill Charlotte's spot because I'm assuming if you have Becky win, you get one rematch with Shayna, but then who is she going to feud with after that? 
or if Shayna wins, you got to have her feud with someone that's not Becky. And the actual answer, I guess, would be Charlotte. So I just feel like Rhea has to win here, and Charlotte just stays put, and it's not going to hurt her to uh, not retain it. Also, I don't know how well the fans are going to respond to Charlotte beating an up-and-comer at WrestleMania after last WrestleMania. People lose their shit. I still don't understand this anti-Charlotte thing, uh, but it is something to think about at least. People are stupid, that's why. Um, all right, so we have Goldberg going against Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship. We kind of talked about this. Uh, Goldberg being the champion. I mean, uh, God, short Goldberg match with Braun getting a little bit more offense than you would think, and then Goldberg finally spearing him and putting him up for the jackhammer if he can actually fucking do that. I mean, a lot of it's going to be Braun anyways, but still – Goldberg's getting older. He can't fucking just throw up Big Show like he used to, or I should say the Giant back then. Um, I want Braun Strowman to win. I could see them keeping the belt with Goldberg, but I'm going to say Strowman. I think that you're the opposite of me, and it's very understandable. Chris, Goldberg or Strowman? I think Goldberg retains, and we still get the the Roman-Goldberg match at the next big pay-per-view. Hopefully the match is just not like a 30-second squash, and they actually give Braun, at least some believability, much like they did with Goldberg versus Brock in the in the rematch for that title. I'm hoping that Paul Heyman has his hands in this and they're able to book a similar yeah. match to Brock versus Goldberg. That's my hope coming out of the match itself. All right, last match. Brock Lesnar, the WWE champion, going against Drew McIntyre. Um, this is kind of like... With the two women's singles championship matches, it seems like you keep it on Becky, but then you let Rhea beat Charlotte. Um, to me, I think it makes sense what you're saying with Goldberg probably beating Braun Strowman. I think Drew's going to pick it up against Brock Lesnar. Um, I don't. I think that that's where they were going. Uh, and now they don't really have a lot to build with Drew because of circumstance, obviously, and however many um, shows they have in the pipeline. Or whatever they plan on doing, it seems like they're going to be taking an abrupt stop soon. So maybe there is a reason to keep it on Brock. I just don't see that. I I, I think Drew needs to win this championship belt. It just sucks that, like a lot of these guys, it's not going to be in a stadium full of people when they win. Kind of like when Edge beats Randy Orton. Uh, but who knows? Because of everything, Drew could have been the one going in as winner. But because of the structure of WrestleMania and their schedule afterwards, they might think it's a better idea to keep it on Brock again. I'm going to say Drew McIntyre. Chris, who do you have? I have Drew McIntyre as well, because I feel like they strapped the rocket to the guy. So giving him a strong win, I think the fans will appreciate seeing this guy go from one of one member of the three man band to not in the company to NXT champion to your big champion. I think you need to give fans something to look forward to going into the new season, especially if you're, thinking of taking a break it's not gonna hurt brock at all uh, if he loses it, it really isn't brock will just come back he can get the belt back later on he can feud with someone else but it does open up the possibility of someone like kevin owens or seth rollins versus drew mcintyre getting some good matches out of that kind of shit um so i am going to agree with you i think drew mcintyre not only should get the win but deserves the win here um simply because I you know Brock retaining it, it's gonna do nothing and, and you're just gonna set up a rematch between him and Drew anyways. 
I know it's scary for WWE to take the title off off Brock, but it's okay. No one's going to get mad. In fact, people will be pretty happy. Do you, do you know if Paul Heyman was a chicken, he would call him Babak Lesnar? <laughs> I mean, I just can't wait till Brock Lesnar does something wrong and then Paul Heyman has to go to court and <laughs> work all the the jury like that new day or the new Jack story we talked about oh. on on the last episode of the show. God. Oh Lord! All right, well we're done with WrestleMania predictions. It's very weird. It's starting tonight. It's going on tomorrow night. This WrestleMania weekend, you know, it's usually there's a lot more around it, a lot more different pay per views from other uh, big companies like Ring of Honor. Everyone besides AEW probably be having some type of, you know, wrestling event this weekend. So it's sucks. There's no takeover. There's no Hall of Fame. But we're getting two nights of WrestleMania. It should be very interesting to say the least. This will be one in the record books, even if it comes out like a complete pile of dong uh, or dung or dongs, you know, pile of dongs for Christ's sakes. But um, I'm going to give them a benefit of the doubt and I'm going to I'm going to be I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm going to crack open some beers and enjoy WrestleMania two nights in a row. But um, any closing statements on WrestleMania before we move on to the uh, the observing wrestlers Hall of Fame ceremony? <laughs> I think that WrestleMania is going to be way better than people have expected. I've seen people posting online that this is going to be the worst mania of all time. I don't think that is the case. That that holds a special place at WrestleMania 2. <laughs> so I don't think it's going Either to be Either 2 worse or the one that they were in um they were in uh, Caesar's Casino where fucking Hulk Hogan had to come beat Yokozuna after Brett got salt in his face and fucking lost. Ugh. Yeah. So WrestleMania two is my go-to for worst mania. There's no way this will even be close, even be close to that level of bad. Um, I think it's going to be better than expected and there's going to be some highlight matches. I think they understand what they're working with and they're going to give us some good shit. I mean, Kevin Owens for Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan. If you're going to tell me that Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins are going to go out and have worse matches than shit that was on WrestleMania two. I'm going to go ahead and say that you're a fucking crazy person. So (laughs) while it's going to be weird, I am looking forward to what they're going to be able to accomplish. And I think everyone else should just look at it like this. What the hell else is going to, you already watched the tiger documentary. So there's nothing else out there. that's going to be better than mania. Do not pay Fox sports $30 though. Fuck that shit. Download the WWE app. Pay your $9.99, or if you've never signed up before, get your free subscription. Uh, I I ran it on that on the last show, but yeah, just enjoy it. It's going to be fun. I'm excited to talk about this Hall of Fame, man. No, then I agree with you. Don't be dumb. Figure it out. They're advertising to get you guys to pay more money for this shit because they're losing a lot. Um. All right, so observing Wrestle Hall of Fame, we decided to do, ah, fuck it. We'll just keep on adding to it and add a couple more wrestlers um, to the Hall of Fame. And just to give you guys, we're, we're going to be doing singles wrestlers again this week. Next time will be, uh, once again, um, tag teams. Um, and then we might take a break and try something else after that. Um, but I wanted to get, you know, and Chris wanted to get some more solid names to liven up the amount of people that we have in the Hall of Fame. But out of the choices that we had presented beforehand, including the five that we added to it, we have – and by the way, I think I mentioned this last time. 
I, for some reason, don't know how to count. So when we made the original uh, 10, uh, when Chris made his 10, I had my 10, I was missing a number completely. Uh, I, I think I went to school at some point and learned how to do numbers and stuff. Uh, maybe I was wrong. But anyways, since that happened, I decided to add Mick Foley to my list. It was kind of hard between him and Jake Roberts, but I picked Mick because he's one of my favorites. So Mick it took that spot on the list, and now we have Bruiser Brody, Chris Jericho, Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan, Jushin Thunder Liger, Dusty Rhodes, Kazuchika Okada, Undertaker, uh, Terry Funk, AJ Styles, Roddy Roddy Piper, Trish Stratus, Charlotte, The Great Muta, The Rock, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio Jr., Mick Foley, Sting, and doo, 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 John Cena for our 20 choices. And we got to come down to five choices to put as a part of the Hall of Fame. Um, man, that's going to be a hard, hard thing. We just keep on adding more hard choices, Chris. What the fuck is wrong with us? Um, I don't know. I guess I'm supposed to start it off. I'm trying to, like, analyze the list right now and, and figure something out. Actually, you know, I've started both times. Let, let me start with you and let, let you pick first because I shouldn't be an asshole and always choose to go first because I'm a host. Who's someone you think we can get rid of? Who's someone that you think that we can add to the list? I think someone that should go on the list immediately who should have made the list before and I kind of gave us a little bit of a break is Terry fucking Funk. I think Terry Funk should definitely be there. And uh, as far as someone that maybe I would remove from the list... God, this one's so tough because I know one of it's going to get you tilted. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, I- I'm going to say AJ Styles, just because I think okay. his career's not done yet. Kind of like, kind of like, uh, whatchamacallit, um, I'll go with that, uh, with like Okada, to an extent. All right. Oh, God. I so mean, the difference I- is Okada is like fucking real-life Michael Jordan living legend. Wayne Gretzky type shit. It's ridiculous. But AJ is very close to that as well, I would say. You know, I think the only person to stack up to him, you know, within the last 20 years, you know, as far as an in-ring wrestler, an in-ring performer, would be Mr. AJ Styles. Their match is badass. If you guys haven't gotten able, uh, given an, uh, a chance to watch AJ and Okada, I was hoping for more because they're both so great, but it was still a fucking excellent match. They, they definitely have had better matches with other guys, but... I mean, they're two of the greats, modern-wise, uh, having a fucking match, so you, you can't go wrong with that, I don't think. It, it also really was younger Okada still finding himself, to to some extent. Even though he was still a main event guy, I would say Okada's gotten even fucking better over the past five years versus when that match took place. Yeah, and I think that AJ has collectively kind of slowed down a bit with how well, rambunctious his style was. Like he's had great matches with John Cena and a bunch of other people, but you know he's now doing the the WWE style, and I think he's okay with that. Even though he's 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 gonna outperform most fucking people anyways and do a lot of other shit. When did he stop doing for his finisher, Chris? What was it, the J Driller, the thing that that Dominic Dijakovic fucking did off the top I, ropes? I want to say. He, 
when he started incorporating the phenomenal forearm as a setup for the Styles Clash, I think that just worked well. And he as also far as like, for his body. Yeah, just for the flow of the match, though, even more so. Because you can hit the Styles Clash, try the pin. If the pin doesn't work, you can try to set up. Then you get the reversal or whatever. Then you hit another Styles Clash, and or you not you hit another phenomenal forearm, and then the Styles Clash. He was still incorporating it a bit in New Japan, um, but with WWE, you do kind of have these are the set moves they're going to use to get to the finish. It's that WWE style, so maybe there. And then also he instead of having that as a secondary finish, he moved to the calf crusher as a gotcha. submission. So probably a little bit of that, but he was still doing that in New Japan, but I don't remember him using it as a huge finish. Um, Styles Clash has kind of been his thing. A little bit of the Styles Clash stuff where he moved away from it for a while is he, you know, he injured that guy who unfortunately passed away this year. And I cannot think of his name. Um, He had like broke a guy's neck with it and, and a guy's arm with that. If you don't hook that thing up just perfectly, which makes it even scarier that Undertaker saying Michelle McCool did it better than AJ Styles. Maybe because she didn't hurt anyone. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. If that if that guy doesn't hook, if you, the guy doesn't hook the bottom legs perfectly and kind of suck his head back, there is a huge danger in that move. I'm actually surprised WWE still lets him do it. To be honest. That's interesting. All right. So I've evaluated the list, and I have one person that I think that we can do without, and maybe you'll disagree. I think he's excellent, but he's a little bit before my time, and he'll definitely make the list, I think, in a future uh, date. But Bruiser Brody, I think we can do without. (sighs) Damn it. (laughs) I I think the, the biggest thing about Bruiser Brody is he doesn't have much of a body of work here in America. Um, but he'll, I, I, he has to make the list. I mean, he is, he was just such a monster and a monstrosity of a man. Very scary. Uh, great matches all around. The things that you've seen him do, swinging the chain, being that presence is essentially what you want every scary professional monster to be. But yes, I am okay with him leaving this list based on the fact that we have. A lot of really good fucking wrestlers on this list. And Bruiser Brody is a great wrestler and one of my favorites. Um, just look alone. There's something special about Bruiser Brody. But I am okay with that. I, I want to suggest that we put Rowdy Ruddy Piper as, as one person we're definitely going to put on the list. Do you oppose that at all? Oh, man. I'm just looking at everyone collectively, and even though I love a lot of these guys, I feel like Piper, both me and you, really care for. And, I mean, I would put him above a lot of these other dudes as someone I'd like to actually have a part of it. Would you put him above Hulk Hogan? Yes, in a sense of actually being a fan of him and not so much who deserves to go into a Hall of Fame due to their credentials well let's do this let's throw them on the list and we'll see where we get because there's one that i'm going to throw on the list that you may want to remove um and not that i want to remove piper i just looking at this list i mean there's some fucking greats on here all right so i've 
putting temporarily Piper on the list, and I eliminated, like I said, Bruiser Brody. Uh, you put on Terry Funk. We both unanimously agreed. We took off AJ Styles. All right, same thing. Give me someone that you potentially would like on the list and someone that you think that we can get rid of as of now. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I think he deserves to be on the list as being one of the biggest superstars of all time, probably one of the biggest draws even to this day. Um, Decent in-ring performer, knew how to have a good match, and also is the fucking Rock, so I feel like he, he deserves to be there. Someone I would remove out of this list, not to take shots at John Cena, I just feel like John Cena is still working. He is a huge deal, huge draw. Eventually, he's going to end up on this list, but I would probably remove John Cena. I'm with you on The Rock. I'll definitely put him on there. Um, no asterisks needed. I think unless we get a little bit tighter and I'm not thinking about something, he's someone I think is is definitely qualified. Um, <sighs> All right, this is this is this is such a hard process. Um, because I'd love to get a Japanese name again, and there's some damn good ones on here. God, I'm starting to go more towards the the added Jushin Thunder Liger, but then again, I mean, there's fucking everyone on this damn list. Um. Who I think we should get rid of. Let's see if I can do that first. That's even a ridiculous task. Um, God damn, dude. I don't know who to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, we um, made a really good list. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say just because you, for Cena and AJ Styles, and like I was saying, even though he's the greatest as of now, and I tried to get him on the list last time, Let's take Okada off the list for future reference because he he still has a lot to give, especially even more so than Cena and AJ Styles. I am okay with that. Okay, and if it was a living living wrestling Hall of Fame, then he would have been the number one inductee already, in my opinion. (laughs) So yeah, I mean honestly, those those three Cena, AJ, and fucking. Okada are three great names to have as far as living or still potentially wrestling uh, within the industry for different reasons, obviously. But out of the last 20 years, they're three of the biggest names, I would say, within wrestlers. Um, yeah, damn, it's going to destroy you when I add another Japanese wrestler to this list after the after we get through this. <laughs> um, Jesus. Oh, uh, God. I mean, you said him earlier, but I don't know how I feel. Like, God dang it. Where do I go with? I mean, there's one person I want to pick, but it's selfishly, so I'm going to keep that away from there for right now. Um, and I think I could piss off a lot of people by being picking someone from the female talents that we have on here. But, I mean, the idea was we were going to have one female talent, one Japanese talent. So let's maybe we'll come up with a list of seven potential inductees and narrow it down. Because I would like to get a female in here, and I think there's one that's definitely fucking deserving, considering what she was able to accomplish in her career that's on this list. Well, if you're referring to who I think you're referring to, is are you referring to Trish Stratus? Yeah, I, I 
referring to Trish Stratus, that, I think that she would be that, my. I was going to suggest her. Yeah, so I'm okay with Trish making the Hall of Fame. I, I feel like that we should have a female wrestler in each time we do this. All right, so we got Trish. So far, the who we have, and we have 15, or we have five, I should say, but Terry Funk, Piper, The Rock, Trish Stratus. All right, name someone you think we can get rid of and someone that we should add. This is going to be controversy because Dusty Rhodes is also on this list of people that we have that should be added. But I'm just going to go on personal preference and say I think Eddie Guerrero should be added. And I think maybe as a removal, we should try to take off... Bret Hart. I'm down with the hitman waiting out another term or two. Um, all right, so if we pick Eddie, that's it. Do you want to keep on trying to come up with people and maybe or shuffle, or should we just call it a day? Well, let's let me let me read out some of the bigger names. Like, okay, go ahead and say who we have on the list currently. I guess. Total out of everyone or just out of the ones we added? Just out of the ones we added. All right, we got Terry Funk, Roddy Roddy Piper, The Rock, Trish Stratus, Eddie Guerrero. Okay. Those are the so we'll do this. Names. I'm going to read off some names, and you tell me whether they're better than someone on the list or not better than someone on the list. So just yes or no. Well, what's, what, is your, what is your definition of better? Who, if you think they deserve to be on the list better, more than someone that's already on our, let's say, potential list, right? Okay. Chris Jericho. As much as I love Chris, going to someone within his exact era with Eddie Guerrero, I'd put Eddie. Uh, as of right now, uh, Trish is pretty much... The female candidate, I think she's perfect for that role. Uh, Terry, Piper, and The Rock. Yeah, I, I, I think we can live without Chris Jericho being on the list as of right now. All right. Hulk Hogan. Shoot. If we were going to we trade with Piper, you know, Jericho even says half of inspiration between his time in, in WCW and doing what he did with Dean was an homage to Piper, you know, and all the shit that he did with Snuka and so forth, so... Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. Um, Hulk Hogan. I mean, Hulk Hogan's bigger name than everyone on this list, minus The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> as, as far as being well-known. Um, I hate I hate doing this, but, I mean, part of it's also fucking some of the bullshit. Um, that kind of clouds my judgment of wanting him immediately on here and him having to, to, to chill out for a little bit. But I mean, my the guy that got me into wrestling was Hulk Hogan. I, yeah. I, it's kind of hard. But yeah, and I, I think Terry? there's people that are. This is this is not a list about who was the biggest draw, or I think our Hall of Fames would have been, it would have been a little weirder already. Let's go with that. All right, uh, Jushin Thunderliger. Oh, that's a hard one too, man. 
God, innovative. But the thing is, between him and another person you're, you would state anyways down the line, I think Keiji Muto has more position and more reasoning to be a part of this uh, Hall of Fame than even Jushin Liger, just because of how big he was and what he started before even Liger, when Liger was just getting started, and how popular he was as a great Muto. So between the two, I would pick Muto out of the two of them. So that kind of automatically, to me, kind of eliminates Jushin Liger uh, for right now. Well, then would you put Muda on the list? Muda on the list. I don't know. No. Next to any of these guys, probably not. I mean, I might... I might sub Muda and Eddie Guerrero. Nothing against Eddie Guerrero, but if there was someone on this list I had to remove that wasn't a female wrestler. I will say... Having Eddie on this list, you know, we have Ray is pretty much our only other choice for Hispanic wrestler. I mean, he's one of the greatest when it comes to them, besides being one of the greatest wrestlers of all time all around. He's one of the greatest, you know, Latino wrestlers as well. So, but I can see you saying Muda instead of him because, I mean, he's also a fucking phenomenal in-ring performer, Japanese-based. We don't have a, a male Japanese person on this list when originally we had Okada. Um, <laughs> God, I don't know. If you want to do that, we can do that. But I mean, in the scheme I'm, of, I'm, I gotta keep Guerrero, man. I really do. I think that WrestleMania moment alone, with him winning the title, and Benoit winning the title, and them hugging, may have been a bigger thing than most of Muda's career, at least in the states. Um, and also Eddie being able to change his career from a technician cruiserweight to a main event, I lie, a cheat and still star is something that should be highlighted and uh, probably would have done much more if not for his unfortunate passing. So I'm going to keep Eddie Guerrero. But that is something to keep okay. in mind is that Thunder Liger and, uh, and Muda are right there at this list. I mean, they could easily sub in for some of these people. I would say they're both fucking great. I agree. Uh, Let's get to the meat. I guess Dusty Rhodes. Oh, see, this is a person I wasn't excited about trying to analyze because I don't know if you have a lot of elements of the rock without Dusty Rhodes doing certain mannerisms, you know, beforehand and shit like that. Um, well, I mean, you have, Gor- you have Gorgeous George, which Dusty took a lot from. Ric Flair took a lot yeah. from. Rock took a lot from. Muhammad Ali Muhammad took a lot Ali, from. Yep. Yep, I so, agree. So they're all part of that character to some extent, and obviously some of them were able to elevate it. I think the thing about Dusty is having 60-minute matches at weighing 700,000 pounds. <laughs> How about this? I, I will, I will, I will say, and maybe this is not fair, but I think I'm equivalenting. Your top two favorite wrestlers of all time is Terry Funk and Dusty Rhodes, correct? Terry being one, Dusty being two, or kind of interchanging? So the three interchanges. So it's either, it's Terry, Dusty, and Stone Cold. So right. Stone Cold, Steve Austin's already made the list. What? Um, I'm not willing to rotate out Terry Funk for Dusty because I think Terry Funk was a No, no. That's, that's not what I was going to say. I want Terry to stay. I'm going to give up 
if if you're willing to say that Dusty can wait, I'll give up my second favorite wrestler with Sting and saying he can wait also. I'm okay with that. All right, so besides that, then we have Charlotte and Mick Foley are pretty much the only ones left. To either one of them, Charlotte, I don't think needs to go over Trish, and I love Mick Foley, but he's someone I can also wait. Oh, and Rey Mysterio, but I don't want to put Rey in over anyone at all either. Yeah, so I mean, I th- we have Sting, we have Sting and Taker though. Sting and Taker, like I said, I'll I'll wait for Sting. Undertaker, I forgot about. God damn, Undertaker's a hard one. I think everyone. Now we got to analyze Undertaker because I think everyone else we can take a break until next time. Um, uh, but Undertaker, man, let's look at this. Taker and Terry Funk, Taker and Roddy Roddy Piper, Taker and The Rock, and Taker and Eddie Guerrero. Uh, do you do you put I? You might have to put Taker over Eddie Guerrero. God damn it. Uh, we can. I mean, I mean, I love Eddie. Eddie is one of my – he is in my top five favorite wrestlers of all time. He is in that list of top five for me. He might be higher than, than Taker on my list as well. Uh, but if you look at everything that was done for the business and how long Taker has been around and the WrestleMania streak and what he meant to them when they kind of had a Not only that. Being He's someone phenomenal. his size and being able to be one of the first guys, you know, before Mike Awesome was doing flips to the outside, before DDP was doing springboards to the inside, Taker was fucking doing crazy ass shit and innovated it in a completely different way. And he was almost seven feet fucking tall. Um, and then also was such, was the greatest pure striker, which I have no idea what the fuck that means, Michael Cole. But, you know, his ability is <laughs> in the Meaning that ring. he throws him in the corner and throws the hand bone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they just had to come up with something for Michael Cole to say during that. So, greatest. All right, so yeah, I love Which Eddie. But makes no we'll sense when you had. Makes no sense when you had fucking uh, you know Mike Tyson at one point in time in WWF as greatest pure striker. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready to pull Eddie off. Ugh, this one's tough, man. Do you have a coin on you? Let's flip it. <laughs> um, let's see. Let me go through this random junk drawer next to me. I don't think I see any coins. I have a guitar pick. I'll flip that. All right. Uh, heads is Tortex Shell. The back is blank. Heads is Taker. Back is Eddie Guerrero. Because I feel like this is how this should be done. Okay. All right. It landed on heads, so I guess Taker's going in. And Eddie will take a spot back on the list of potential candidates to be a part of the Observing Wrestler Hall of Fame. Hey, Chris, here's a fun thing that we get to do, though. we got five empty spots. Um, I think you know who my first choice is going to be. Um, I'll just say it flat out. Jake the Snake Roberts, I think, should be a part of this uh, list of 20 for a potential person to to, of, in, to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, who's someone that you'd like to add? Tanahashi. All right. Fucking, yeah, dude. Just, like, get it. <laughs> I think Tanahashi easily deserves to be there. All right. Um, 
Now nah, it's back to me. And I had like so many in my head beforehand, and now I can't fucking think of one. Um, God dang well, it. Like this. Would you like me to go again? Yeah, if you could. Get, I'll, I'll think of something by the next. Vader. All right. Big man Vader. Big Van Vader. All right. Um, I want a female wrestler. And there's one choice, like, I, as much as I'd love to go older, I, I don't really think, like, as of right now, Medusa goes over some of the modern female wrestlers, and we already have Bonacano on the list. So I'm actually going to say another J- Japanese female wrestler with Asuka. Okay. I'm, I'm all right with that. Do you want to throw one more out? We got, we, we just need one more. Hmm. One let's more. Let's, let's, let's think. Who are we forgetting that are not on this list? I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up good old Google, and I am going to put a very vague concept of older wrestlers. See what I get in the the, the picture section. To well, I mean, let's let's add a really old school guy into this because we kind of talked about him later. If you're okay with this, gorgeous George. Gorgeous George is, I mean, the foundation with, like you were saying, that would come later with Dusty's and Nick Bockwinkle and Ray Stevens and and Ric Flair and, you know, to an extent, Shawn Michaels with Triple H with that prestigious style of concept. I mean, he is the first gimmick, you know, recorded in pro wrestling. So, yeah, I think that would be a good choice. I don't think either one of us have seen a bunch of his matches or anything like that. I've watched one of them that I could catch on YouTube, but... I mean, he's a foundation in this. Although, I just got within the pictures someone that we're not thinking about at all. That's is not it on Harley? This list. Is it Harley fucking race? Because that was going to be my next. Well, suggestion. well, if it's not Harley race, but it's someone definitely inspired by his in-ring style because he did half of his shit. A huge heel towards the late '90s, early 2000s, uh, and is now the one who runs NXT and will eventually run WWE with the game Triple H. Oy. So, we get, so we get Gorgeous George, Gorgeous George, Triple H, or Harley Race? Who should take that last spot? Oh, I got to go with Harley. I mean, I love Triple H. But, and I love Gorgeous George, but like I said, we the I think I've seen six Gorgeous George matches versus television appearances of his. All right, man. I'm, I'm pretty happy with the participants uh, right now. Uh, with, that are in it and that are going to be eventually on it by being in the nomination category. And now, the last thing. Chris, did you think of a Hall of Shame inductee? Yes, I did. <laughs> a really good one. And not because he was a bad worker, but because it was one of the worst gimmicks of all time. Manatar. Good old Manatar. <laughs> <laughs> How do you even spell that? M A N T A U R. Mantar. All right, and I guess it's now on me to come up with. Let me let me let me search. Like I said, Google's great. I'm just gonna put Russell crap because they always bring up every fucking terrible wrestler. <laughs> 
I mean, I don't I know if it gets any worse than Lodi and Mantar, but. <laughs> oh, oh, no, 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 no. I have someone. Uh, is it Giant Gonzalez? Oh, yeah, yeah the guy that got it's drafted a... by the Hawks and then wrestled for WCW because he was not good enough to play on an actual basketball team. He was just really tall. No, well, yeah, maybe that that was it. Um, he went on to WWE in that really weird, um, all like it looked like it skin was, skin and fur suit, but it was like yeah, a and Harvey Whippleman, and then he went against the Undertaker, and all he could do was choke him. He made the Great Kali look like fucking uh, Luthez. Let's just put it that way in the ring. <laughs> I am fine. El, El Gigante, the Giant Gonzalez. That's that's a good one. Shout out to Al Gigante, though, as someone from Atlanta. We appreciate you. <laughs> All right. And I think, man, I think we're done. Yeah. Yeah, Our list show, man. Rick Flair, Macho Man Randy Savage, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Bull Nakano, HBK, The Brain Busters, uh, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson, uh, Rock and Roll Express, The Hardys, The Steiners, The Road Warriors, Terry Funk, Roddy Roddy Piper, The Rock, Trish Stratus, and The Undertaker. And I just want to mention well, again that the Hall of Shame is the first inductee chosen by me, Disco Inferno, followed by Lodi, the Ding Dongs, the Dynamic Dudes, Mantar, and Giant Gonzalez. There you go. <laughs> I like the Disco's on the list with Mantar. <laughs> Well, I mean, he was a disco fool, so. <laughs> He's on a list with fucking Mantar, <laughs> Lodi. You're forever getting back at him on this podcast for being an asshole to you, I guess. I don't know what you're talking about. It's, it's nothing <laughs> <petty>. <laughs> He's not as bad as Mantar, man. <laughs> no. Hey, I'll say this. Like I said, Glenn Gilberte or whatever the fuck his name is, um, he's a good in-ring wrestler. His gimmick was shit. Um, he was elevated by a lot of the guys he hung out with. Uh, he was writing WCW during some of the worst times, and now he tries to analyze wrestling like he's a fucking poet, like he's Paul Heyman. Uh, and I find that kind of annoying. And I love it when Conan gives him shit on the show. Yeah, but then, once again, Conan did get punked out by, like, an older Luchador wrestler just recently. So Yeah, that was that was some bullshit, because they explained that, like, the, the second psychosis led him to outside where a bunch of his buddies were with weapons. So it's like, you're going to fucking, what, are you going to all destroy Conan? He's, like, what, 60-something years old? Like, good accomplishment. Away from all I mean, his buddies that were there to be able to help him. I didn't see anyone there with weapons in the YouTube video, so I can only speak that this man smacked Conan, and Conan just kind of didn't do anything. Smart on Conan, though. I will say, uh, as far as Disco Inferno goes, like bragging about the fact that you wrote for WCW during 1999 to 2000 is not something you should ever tell anyone, ever. No. You're like the anti-Kevin Sullivan, basically. Um... <laughs> Well, they brought Kevin Sullivan back for like a six-month run at the end of 98 into 99, I want to say. And the booking slightly got better. But then they also brought Vince Russo back and then had like him and 
Bischoff tried to do stuff together, which was so a fucking bad. nightmare. And then Kevin Sullivan obviously got removed from booking. And then that's how you get Kevin Nash and Disco and these cats writing some very, very bad wrestling. You take your very fucking worst Monday Night Raw and put it against some of the shit that was coming out of Nitro during that time period as a WCW fan. Um, you'll be pleasantly surprised to know that WWE is not as bad to, as you think it is. To someone that watched it live, Chris, would you say that even TNA's bad days might not have been as bad as some of w- or Nitro's bad days? Or pretty much collectively even? Oh, no, that's absolutely impossible to say. Some of, TC, some of, some of TNA's bad days were absolutely bad days. Because at least with WCW, you still had the chance of seeing a big star. After TNA lost a lot of people and you had an ace and eights, aces and eights gimmick and, I don't know, like Joker Sting. and uh, Man, I think that it was summed up very well. Like Vince Russo also did some writing for TNA. Someone's like, is like Vince Russo Weird. writing this from some sleazy strip club that we're not aware of? <laughs> so, God. no, there is a lot of really bad TNA. There's some good TNA. So I'm not going to bury TNA and say it was the worst thing ever. But, uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of bad WCW and a lot of bad TNA. And if I had to flip a coin and say which one was worse, I would. I mean, at least WCW had some star power with Sting and Flair and Hogan. God, remember the New Bloods versus uh, the the Millionaires Club? That was so terrible. Well, I remember Kurt Henning saying... Remember when Billy Kidman beat Hulk Hogan? Yeah, that actually happened. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I like that Hulk Hogan had less of a problem doing that than that one job. (laughs) Which became the shoot interview from Brent Russo. could you believe... Could you believe if, like, Sean actually had, like, comprehension of that, be like, Hulkster, so you're telling me that you won't put me over in this fucking match, but you put over Billy Kidman three years ago. So fucking... Well, part of that had to do with the fact that I think he was still in that lawsuit from the Vince Russo shoot angle. Like, that's when you know a company's failing, when people are suing each other within the company while they still work for the company. I mean, that and, you know... Vince Russo uh, trying to wrestle. We should do a whole thing about me talking about WCW because there's a lot to say. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, and even if it's Hulk Hogan, I think one of the most bizarre things outside of the Montreal screw job was when Vince Russo wouldn't tell Eric and, and Hulk Hogan how they're going to play out that match. And then Jeff Jarrett laid down and, Hulk Hogan sued them. That whole fucking thing was. And then Russo came out and said that he wouldn't fucking do a job and started. Why the hell? I mean, some of the stuff I will say attitude era wise was good that Vince kind of included. But my God, it's so funny how TNA, WCW's some of their worst things and also some of the worst things probably suggested during the attitude era were from this fucking guy that should have worked for Jerry Springer. I like Russo gets a fuck ton of credit for writing when he had Jim Cornette and Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon kind of wrangling those ideas as primary writers. That's a good point. And Pat Patterson fucking presenting all the matches and shit. (laughs) So it's like having Stephen King as a ghostwriter and then you write your version of it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, 
whatever. I mean, Vince Russo worked there. He obviously was very smart at politicking and uh, went a long way in his career. But I mean, just hey, look at the bro. shit he did. In w- just look at what he did in WCW and know it was fucking terrible. There like, is nothing to take away from that era of WCW outside of if you are like me and you still like Ready to Rumble as a movie. Uh, because it was a stupid, funny movie with David Arquette. That's pretty much it. The guy created a character to make fun of J.R.'s Bell's palsy. Yeah, that's fucked up. He put Buff Bagwell's mother on a pole. Judy Bagwell in a stretchy match. It's like... (laughs) Then he comes out and buries all wrestling fans for basically being gay. He's like, oh, you like to see guys wrestle each other, so you're gay. It's oh, like, God. Or remember when he decided it would be a really good idea to just start fresh and strip the titles away from everyone? And uh, that that really worked which, out well. Here's the real question. Which time? Because he did it twice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we could rag on Vince Russo and Disco Inferno uh, for a very long time of who was worse between the two of them. But who gives a shit? That's the question. All I know is, Chris, we have WrestleMania tonight. It's going to be a very interesting uh, concept. I mean, I don't know. I don't have anything going on. I know that you have a lovely wife and everything, but if we feel the need, maybe we'll record our kind of a reaction tomorrow for the first half of it. If not, we'll get everything once we do our next show and record it next Thursday. But it's going to be tonight. It's going to be tomorrow. It should be interesting. Um I don't know, man. I'm I'm very, very I'm optimistic, but I'm also just very curious on how the fuck they're gonna pull it off. I agree with you. I think maybe we should do a Facebook live tomorrow for everyone sure. to see. That way, or we you know, do a quick live recap. There's no show. There's no show on Mondays uh, with Mondays suck anymore. So maybe we could do our review show Monday, if you will, for both nights, and then you know, or whatever, or Facebook live. We'll figure it out. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's the show. I think that is the end of our show. Um, we appreciate everyone listening to Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Uh, we had a lot of fun. I can't speak on behalf of Chris, but I'm going to assume he had fun as well. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, just uh, enjoy doing this for you guys. Um, new listeners, thank you guys for checking it in. Like I said, uh, we do our shows. We record them Thursday uh, evenings and then uh, Saturday mornings. And we usually have the show loaded Uh, for you guys to listen to on all various audio platforms. And, uh, yeah, just also check out our website, geekvibesnation.com. And uh, just enjoy doing this with you guys. Uh, Chris, say goodbye to the lovely audience. Thanks, everyone, for listening once again. I hope you enjoyed our ramblings of WCW, the Observing Wrestling Hall of Fame, and uh, (laughs) everything that we talked about. Uh, If you want to hit me up on Twitter, you can be at Chris R. Patton on Twitter and on Facebook, Christopher.r.patton on Facebook. Later today, I'm going to do a uh, open mic session on Facebook. So if you want to check that out, it'll be there for everyone. And uh, yeah, looking forward to mania. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Enjoy wrestling. Don't do be, don't be too critical of it. Uh, just know it's not going to be as bad as WrestleMania too. I promise. And uh, Dane, man, <laughs> have a good weekend, bud. Yeah, dude, we'll keep in contact. And thank you guys so much out there with all the craziness going on. Also wanted to 
once again, a uh, big rest in peace to a good friend of Geek Vibes community. He's been a big part since the beginning, part of our shows like Geek Vibes Live, with Gerald Gibson, who tragically passed away um, in New Jersey due to complications with the coronavirus. So it is real. It is out there. Be careful. You know, love your family members. Stay close to them. But obviously in your individual spaces and honestly, just isolate yourself and we can get over this hump. And, uh, yeah, just uh, to his family and friends, uh, big, bit, a lot of love for me and Chris and just sending positive vibes and energy and, and, and prayers to you guys for such a wonderful individual that we will surely miss over here at Geek Vibes. But uh, on that less of a – on more of a positive note, like I said, guys, we're going to be providing a lot of content going forward. If we run out of stuff like the Hall of Fame, we're going to come up with stuff for you guys. You know, maybe whether it be watch-alongs or, you know, uh, coming up with our opinions on certain stuff, top whatever, top tens of, you know, we can break it down between in-ring wrestlers, um, you know, uh, biggest draws. There's so many ways to analyze wrestling. Maybe we'll bring back the list, which is an old fucking, uh, it would take me forever to do it, but something that we started doing. Who knows? What we want to do is provide you guys with entertainment. And thank you so much for listening. You have a wonderful weekend. Go to Geek Vibes Nation for any type of news source uh, when it comes to wrestling, comic books, comic book movies. You can find on Instagram, on Facebook, and Twitter at Geek Vibes Nation to join the communities. Uh, join the conversation. Join Geek Vibes Nation. You can find me at Danels42 on Twitter and Danels on Facebook. Hit me up. Love to have conversations with you guys. Uh, and let the Geek Vibes be with you. And as always... Peace out.